Tirelessly broadcasting from the world-famous Haunted Winery here in Warren, Michigan. This is Ghostly Talk on February 22nd. Yes, that's 222-2009. It's also Scott L's birthday. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to run out of time. Let's Ghost- go. Bonnie, what is Ghostly Talk? Ghostly Talk is independently produced every Sunday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time to converse about all Things paranormal. For more info, go to www.ghostlytalk.com. Scott O, what is Ghostly Talk? <laughs> Ghostly Talk is an internet radio show and terrestrial with marginal show. notability, and um, <laughs> they basically suck. Your turn. <laughs> Tonight, hurry up. you gotta hurry up. Dude. Tonight, Zach Adams joins us to talk about his fantastic new documentary entitled "The Bell Witch Legend." We talk about the wild man of Kentucky with Philip Spencer. And finally, we discuss the spontaneous human combustion with Larry Arnold. wondering if you're listening to the show live right now, <laughs> what just happened, and why are these idiots on the air? <laughs> well, we can't even tell you. Well, here, we I'll, I'll tell you tell exactly you. what happened. Um, we, encode, we encode the showdown, the master copy gets copied to the computer, and I forgot to fire that up. And it's the first time in a very long time I forgot to do something that goofy. Um, but... But in the interest really of doing fun. a good archive, we decided just to cut it, recut it over again. So, uh, and this is our half hour to do with what we want, anyway. And I think I we so. should do the intro over and over for a half hour. <laughs> the format of the show is the first half hour is us, you know, talking about whatever we yeah, want, yeah. followed by a half hour guest, followed by an hour guest, followed by an hour guest. So, well, yeah, so thank we you for we, breaking it down. And we Doug. have to stick by that. Break it down. <laughs> <laughs> and we have and we have to stick by that always. That's the rules. That's how you have to do it. Everything has to be perfect straight lines. Yes. When it comes to doing a radio show. It's and very we, important. And we wanted to do the intro twice. We wanted to do it twice tonight because we are artists. 
All right, and that's the bottom line here. Actually, no, the real the, we I made a mistake, and uh, well, I want to say hi to some of our friends out there, some new friends. Um, uh, Absurd Radio is uh, is one of our new affiliates. Awesome. Uh, we've been working on getting you know getting the show out there a little further. You know, it's something that it's hard to you know get on top of that. But yeah, Absurd Radio, uh, the gals out there, thank you. Sorry about starting off the way we did tonight. <laughs> this is really impressive, you know. Um, ASPRN. That's uh, Chris Baker and Chris and Mike Baker. Oh, excellent. Crossroads Paranormal Radio, that's their network. Um, they're going to be uh, doing the show uh, in rotation. They're going to be doing archives of the show, so thank you guys. Um, the other ones, we're working on that stuff. I'm gonna, we we got a few more coming up, and I'll, and I'll be mentioning that stuff down the road here. But those guys are up uh, on the site. Thank you so much for taking the show on. We really appreciate that. And all of our you know affiliates, I want to point out, you know, you know uh, Omnisound Radio 1, Jeff has been our boy for a number of years, Planet Paranormal, Para X Radio, Ghost Radio Australia, our friends over at Parahub, uh, I don't even know if this guy's still around, so I'm not going to mention him. Paracast, Beast Radio, Black Vault Radio Network, Osprey Networks, K-Fox Radio. A new, another new one, Colorado Free Radio. Excellent. Uh, thank you guys for taking us on. And a host of other people. You can go to our affiliates page and check that out. And that's what makes a show notable. Is it? Are you I sure? So. Apparently not Apparently this not. show. Apparently not, not this show. Nobody gives a crap notability. about us. Nobody cares at all. Exactly. Well, that's fine. If you know you're what? looking at the chat room, it's very easy to come to that assumption. Get in there, people. Well, yeah, yeah you know, I, I guess we just don't fight enough on here. Maybe we should take it up another notch. Hey, give me a chair. It's going over Scott's we've, head we've, right now. We've grown some teeth here a little bit, I thought, this year. We got things a little bit, a little little hotter than normal. Yes. And apparently our marketing department just doesn't know what the hell we they're doing. We need sex and right. violence. Yeah, we got to have more cursing. We got to have more craziness. We got to be completely off the cuff, I guess. Uh, you know, fine. Whatever. <laughs> no. We're so full of piss and vinegar today. You, you know? have to unleash Doug and I for like a half hour. Oh then my we're good gosh. to go. Oh, my gosh. By the way, this is Ghostly Talk. I'm Scott L. I'm Doug. And I'm Bonnie. And uh, this, world, this world would not want to see... I mean, because we've threatened on taping our car rides. Mm, and yeah, and up. it's ugly, people. It's No, you, you don't want to hear that. But I do want to say, even though I've already done it twice, mm. happy birthday, Scott. Oh, uh, yeah. And yesterday was Nathan's birthday. Fun weekend. Wow. Fun, fun happy weekend. Happy birthday, I Nathan. Happy Love birthday, you. Nathan and Scott. I spent my weekend at work. <laughs> so did you? Yeah, I spent, I spent my weekend, weekend watching it snow spent, again. Spent my birthday at work, and uh, yeah, we're here, but we're here doing the show because we like to do the show. We enjoy doing the show. We just gotta get these facts out there. Sometimes we gotta let everybody know why the show is being done. We are marginal They're, at best. No, They're, we're not no. working. At, we're not working on trying to get on our own reality TV show. And <laughs> no, we will never do that. No, I think. I but think if we, we did, that might be notable. If well, we did, it it'd be. have to be on cable. <laughs> yes, but this, that, that's but this cable make true. it notable though. I don't know. I don't know if it's it would, time. but I'm just saying with me, it would have to be on cable. Well, okay, we're not working on that. No, we're doing the show because we like to do it, and it leads me to my first point for tonight. I'm going to mention because we got we, we kind of blew the first five minutes of the show tonight. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but, it's our show. We can do it. Uh, seven year anniversary party's coming up. I mentioned this last week. Yes, it is. Uh, we're going to end of. Next month. March 21st. March 21st. March 21st is the actual party. We're going to be taping the show at that party and rebroadcasting it on the 22nd of March, which is a, a right. Sunday from 6 to 9. The yeah. actual anniversary is about now, actually. It's about, yeah, I mean, debate goes on about that, you know, much, because, you know, lots of debate goes on about it. Was, it was the and last, I, it, well, what it was, <laughs> it, wasn't it the last <clears throat> Wednesday of February 2002? 
So yeah, if we just yeah. grabbed because I then, it was the twelfth of February of two thousand two. Oh, the middle. I oh, could be. I, it's one of those things know. I don't really remember. I'm sure. If or we, was it Tuesday? If we Tuesday. dug deep enough, we could find something that somewhere that may document when we first started the thing. You know, whatever. And aliens will find it someday and be the like. The last Wednesday in February two thousand two was the twenty seventh. So if it was the last Wednesday, it wasn't the last day. No, because that would have been like the last day or the day before the last day. Mm. No, it was the week before. Yeah. The 20th. Then it was the 20th. Okay. All right. I think it was the 20th. Well, regardless, so yeah. Because we had past- to redo the first one, yeah. the second, and mm-hmm, that we're was pa- it. We're past the date, but we're going to be officially celebrating it the 21st of March with a bunch of our friends. Uh, Bonnie's working on that. I guess we're yes. going to be having a big old party. You at- can all expect phone calls from me this week because you're very bad at responding. We're going to get together you know, and hang out and, and have some fun. That's what we're planning on doing. And I'm cooking. Yeah, we discussed. So the, come I hungry. Dis- I think we discussed the menu last weekend. Yes. On the show here. Uh, and Doug made a face, so it'll probably stay the same bland menu that it's always been. No, no, I want to, let's liven it up. Let's have ostrich burgers. Ostrich burgers. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know, I just really I just thought oh, I, I would that. switch it up a little bit. How about roadkill burgers? Those are free. How are you at roadkill cooking? I have a question, Yeah, actually. Well, no, are we still working on this? I don't want to. Stomp all over. I thought we were brainstorming. I'm trying not to throw up in my mouth. (laughs) Well, I asked you this question yesterday, Doug, and yeah, well, you know, because we got to step it up a little bit here. We got to get got to get these numbers up. It's really important. Yeah. Right. 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 So, um, the question I asked you yesterday is, you know, with all the, you know, the, again, it's I guess it's 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 a horse we're going to keep stomping on and shooting. It's going to be a lot of fun to do that too. Uh, But I'm noticing another new trend. In the paranormal community now, yeah, right? and I'm being very condescending, and it's in, and it's on, it's on purpose. It sounded that <laughs> it's way. It's very yeah. on purpose, and it's, yeah. you're going to be hearing this the rest of the night because it's my birthday. I can do whatever I want. So uh, I'm noticing there's a new we needed to there's a new breed of, there's a new breed of paranormal celebrity. I'm going to start my if I want to start a paranormal TV show, I'm going to do like a Steve Irwin type show and go out and catch paranormal celebrities. Right, <laughs> or especially wannabe ones, and like tag them right there on the spot with like a marker or something. Yeah, and just like jump on top of them and be like, "Oh, crikey! Look at it's a beaut! Look at this one! It's oh, look, it's re- it's on its laptop on MySpace right now, as you can see, <laughs> posting bulletin after bulletin. Oh my God! Uh, no, um, there's a new one I've seen now that it's it's this, it's this weird hybrid, I guess, and you know, I'm trying to understand it, and I'm gonna I'll try to flesh it out here, but it's a it's a it's a type of paranormal celebrity that, well. Speaking of notability, <laughs> which we have been speaking of nothing but for three days. Yeah, um, this is the one that may have done maybe an appearance on a terrible reality TV show. Okay, because there are many. Because they're terrible. Oh yes, and, I know what you're talking. You know, about. and look, accomplishments are one thing, and that's cool. You know, I don't think we've really done all that much. I mean, and that's cool. And I think we're pretty clear that we're, we go to, hey, look, I put my pants on, go to work every day, and this is what I we do here, right? I leave my pants off and go to work. Um, <laughs> isn't that what you that's do? Why every, <laughs> that's why everybody shops down there. She walked into that one, Bonnie. So, but um, there's this new breed that I'm seeing that, you know, I've been seeing more and more of it. Go ahead. No, yeah. no, no. I, I got a... We're whispering. <laughs> you keep talking. Doug and I are going to tell secrets. Okay. Yeah. Well, basically, it's it's... Well, not, it is, there's a victim, yeah, that's one of them. Oh. 
They so, didn't yeah, hear so, me say that. They, well, I heard you say that. Yeah. So they had to have heard you say that. I heard it through these headphones. Uh, that was the, me with. Well, that, there's the victim. There. That's one of them, right? There, there's the victim. That, that I've, I've been noticing that I'm seeing these people kind of coming. And that's cool. I mean, if they got something to say, that's cool. I mean, people obviously will have questions for them. But they're, you know, they're going to conferences now. Um, they're being, as headliners. It's, it's like headliners, I guess, as if speakers. you want to call them that, as speakers yeah. and stuff like that. I'm seeing other people who have been part of these shows. Maybe they've been on one episode or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're being billed as headlining speakers and keynote speakers. And, you know, they may have some experience. I might be wrong. I, mean, I could be totally wrong. But it's just something I'm noticing now. And I'm just, you know, I'm just wondering when it's going to end when it comes to this stuff. I mean, you just kind of get back to. When my bra headlines a conference. Well, has it been on a TV show yet? Um. No, but it's been in a movie. Yes, it has. Okay. <laughs> well, there's some notability. I mean, okay. So, all right. Um, I'm just, you know, it's just something I'm wondering if you guys out there, the, the three of you that listen to the show, I'm wondering if you guys, um, you know, if you have noticed this too, that it just it just seems like even more so, and this has come up a lot, it's going to keep coming up because I think it needs to be talked about now. Um, it's getting more and more volatile, it seems, out there, and everybody just seems to want to – I mean, I admire people that want to get up and talk in front of people and want to, but, you know, I think you should have something to talk about. And maybe I should go to one of these conferences as, as a guest and sit down there and listen to what they have to say because I could be totally wrong. But on the surface, it's just like, okay, this person was in one episode of this stupid show that everybody makes fun of. Anybody, anybody that has a brain makes fun of, right? right. Literally, that has, you know, that has this thing called logic, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and he's getting fired up now. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Well, no, I'm not getting fired up. I'm not, I'm not, my, my blood pressure will not go up over this. But I'm, that's a point I just wanted to make this week. Well, as you, as you may remember, I did go to a conference as a guest. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there were any. Because I went to the Southern Wisconsin Paranormal Conference in Janesville. Look, look if you just did a, if you just like a, little, and yeah, it was sorry. phenomenal. There you go. But they, you know, they had they had people we've talked to on the show mm-hmm. as speakers. They've had people we didn't talk to on the show yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and just amazing stuff. There was a, a a great amount of information. It was fun yeah. and light light hearted. Well, even as an attendee, you should leave there with that. I hope. Yeah. You know, I mean, an attendee, or um, I should say, I meant as a person, maybe part of the conference. I mean, you should leave right. with the same stuff. Well, I wasn't. No, I, I, I had told you were them, a no, visitor. I, I'm you not were, working it. I, I paid yeah. you money. I'm a. That's cool. I'm right? an attendee. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I'm just hearing more and more about this and stuff. And I had a blast. Where you know, people get interviewed for five seconds and something, and they they just try to run with that. Oh yeah. You know and. And that's cool. I mean, yeah, good. Ten points to you for doing that. That's awesome. But I should get more mileage out of the times look, we you're were. you're not going to sign any autographs, though, okay? You're not signing autographs for people. Don't expect to. You know, don't. don't. I, I don't get that, right? I, I have to say, sadly, there are people that would probably want them. Well, yeah, okay, you're right. And that's what really scares the hell out of me right now, you know? <laughs> Again, it comes down to... Um, I'm going to stay right here. We're, we're, we just do the show. It's a fun show. I just talked to somebody today about it and I said, we do the show because we enjoy doing it. There's no money involved with this. I can't say that enough here. Uh, but it's, you know, it's something we, we've been looking out there, seeing what's going on and stuff like that, especially when you want to book good people for a show. We've been stressing that since the beginning of the year here. I, I have to agree that I don't think uh, even five minutes, which would be an extreme stretch. Yeah. Um, in a, 
a, a movie, a documentary, a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a paranormal series. Yeah. You know, which those, the reality TV things, they just, none of them that are on the air can be taken seriously right now. Absolutely not. No. I mean, um, I they, they me- went from, Almost believable in the beginning to completely unbelievable. It's a damn circus right out there now. And um, the the state of affairs with all of those is is it saddens me. It's However, really sad. I agree. Um, I don't think a, a, an appearance in any of those makes you um, makes you. A, Hey, ten points any, to you. Any, Again, it doesn't make you an expert in anything. That's for sure. It doesn't make you. Um, it's it's about your work, the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you're out there ghost hunting and you're getting pictures and you're getting EVPs and you're testing new equipment and trying new equipment yeah. and writing in in either journals or even on message boards and ex- and sharing your experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to conferences and you're talking to people and you're saying, hey, you know, this there's three great places by me. What do you got by you? Is uh, you yeah. know, is is there anything going on? Um, mm-hmm. you know, what, what did you, what have you learned and, and talking to people and, and networking, yeah. if, if you're, if you're doing the work yeah. that's out there to be done, then you're a heck of a lot better off than, than the people who spend five minutes on yeah. TV and then become headliners and guests and speakers I, at a show. I, I don't get it. I mean, I guess the point, I guess I, I'll, I'll cite this. Citations are important. <laughs> I'll cite this. Okay. okay. Please uh, quote from time. A couple weeks ago, um, the ghost divas. Yes. Nice, nice. You're quoting the ghost. No, I'm not quoting that. I'm I'm actually quoting somebody who was on their show. A few weeks ago, I listened to their show. I'm actually kind of making a habit out of listening to their show because they're a lot of fun. They Uh, are. I agree. Tanya Kaiser, dear friend of ours, is on the show, and they're great people. And my, you know, I usually hop on there and they're in their chat room and have a good old time, and it's it's great, right? Um, And a few weeks ago, they had uh, Greg Newkirk. We had him on from Ghost yes. Hunters Incorporated. He dropped on there and... You're quoting Greg Newkirk. I'm quoting Greg Newkirk. All right, Newkirk. here we go. this is a brilliant thing he said. And, it, and it's in relation to ghostly talk and what we're trying to do here this year with the show. <laughs> it was... Here's the quote. Wait, I know it. Okay. Ghostly what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. Very good. That, that's probably what happened afterwards. I didn't hear yeah. that. But no, who was that guy? Who was that guy? Uh, no. Um, what he said, because we were talking about, you know... What we've talked about here before, you know, the, we're really having to really watch out for who we have on the show. We just don't want to have someone that's going to come on here and go and try to make a half an hour out of five minutes of their interview on some documentary. Okay? Right. Not going to happen. You, you can't do it. It's like it's trying to get blood from a rock. It don't happen. I don't, you know, I don't care what anybody says. It just doesn't work. Right. So um, one of the things he said, and, you know, we mentioned that he's like, I want to hear from the people that you got to go chasing around to get them on your show, not mm-hmm. the people that come to you. Right. Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah. He's like, he's like, and I'm like, you know what? And that's, you put it into words for me. That, that's, that's brilliant. That's really what it's about. And we're doing that a lot more now. We're chasing people down going, I, would you like to come on the show? You know, um, nothing wrong with people wanting, Hey, would you like me to come on? I'd like to come on your show. You're all right. Would you like me to come on the show? I'm not discouraging that, but, um, from the experiences we've had here in the last couple of years, it's been getting kind of weird. Bill so. Nell. If, if I, you I, I, him I had to write him and, and say, look, you know, I, I, and he even responded. Actually, several people have said, what, what can I contribute? <laughs> and we're like, oh my gosh, you do all this great work. Yeah. We just want to talk about it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And Some people have said, what? People don't want to hear from us. And I'm starting to, yeah. I mean, right. I'm, I'm understanding their, their point because, you know, especially now, there's just so much opposition out there to right. everything. I mean, usually, if you think you would be a really, really awesome guest, 
<laughs> but uh, you might be. I mean, maybe the the chances. There's a lot are of gray areas not. there, and you know it's you know it, it is. And again, there are people who are really excellent guests who. Yeah, who we're not coast to coast are, AM. We're yeah. not. We're not that oh, at all. Far from we're it. not here to judge anybody, but you know we're trying to do. I want to do the best show we can do here. Just because I want us to do the best show we can do here, and I know you guys feel the same way. That's the only reason we want to do that is because we want this thing to be the best thing it can be because we're proud of it, and we've put a lot of time into it, and I don't want to see it get flushed down the toilet because somebody wants to talk about their their their, their five minutes, literally their five minutes of fame for a half an hour on the show. It, don't, it, it isn't about new ideas. It isn't about exploring what we call the paranormal. It's about someone talking about themselves. And we do right. a lot of that here, too. We talk about ourselves. But it's our show. We can do that. Now, let's take an example, right? Because yeah. a lot of people are out there and they're putting together their pilots, right? Literally, mm-hmm. 95% of the paranormal community is doing is a pilot. pilot okay? crazy? Um, we're, we're one of the guests we have today. And, and we're going to and we're gonna, and we're gonna get it. into this. Yeah, we got to explain he, this too because it's going to sound really funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, Let's it sounds this. like we're being um, whatever it is, hypocritical, but the, and hypocritical. But that's not entirely true because um, uh, when when we talked to Zach about yeah. about the uh, DVD, the documentary that he did, the Bell Witch, the Bell, the Bell Witch, Witch Legend. Yeah. Now you watched this today. I watched it today. I brought it into work and threw it on our laptop, and we watched this. Now, the Bell Witch Legend, uh, Zach emailed me a while back and said, hey, I just finished this DVD up, and uh, would you be interested in checking it out? I said, yeah, here, here's our P.O. box. Send it over. So he um, he sent it over, and I, I got a chance finally to sit down, and I watched it, and it was absolutely phenomenal. It was a right. real – I mean, it's cutting new ground. There's been several things, whether they're books or DVDs or whatever, done on the Bell Witch, and I think that the Bell Witch Legend uh, – yeah, Bill, the Bell Witch Legend movie, uh, the one that Zach and uh, Sky High Films have done, is a real cutting edge film because it went, it really got into the meat of the story, and they actually went to Adams, Tennessee, right, and met with people who have lived there for fifty, sixty years. They've actually, they actually talked to one Bell, of them. Looks like the, he lived there when the Bell Witch was around. Yeah, but, <laughs> but no, they yeah. actually mm-hmm. talked to a Bell, a Bell family descendant. Yes, they did. Who you know, who has first you know, that talks about the you know what they got to deal with being a Bell in this area. You know, mm-hmm. I, it really is an awesome, awesome film, and I think it was very interesting. And there's a lot to talk about about this film. Right. I think we need. Well, to- he went out there. Mm-hmm. They went out there and did the work. They did the work. They did the work. They put together this independent project, mm-hmm. and it is it is really, really, really phenomenal. Yeah, it's done it's done so well, and there's so right. much information to take in, and it's only like 40, 45 minutes long. And at the end, I was like, oh, I want more. And that more. And that's the kind of projects that I wish people God, would take on. Yeah. Are they looking to become? I'm tired. Like, of, you know, I don't want to see super your... uber famous about this or have it run on sci-fi. No. Or A and E. Who knows? It it might get it, with the, Maybe qual- the quality that it up. is. It, I think it could it actually be could. Up. Actually, it's out of all the things I've seen, film. that one yeah. could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, me staring. But, I, other things I've seen with basically watching somebody's night vision camera for a half an hour, watching people get scared on camera. I'm 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 done with it. I've been done with it for a very long time. And don't yeah. bother me with it either. Right. That's a warning. Don't bother me. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your money. You just call them out. You're wasting your money. I'm done with this crap. No, I'm done with it. This is absolutely ridiculous. My question, my question. I'm making an entire night vision film now. Yes. (laughs) My question to you guys is, does everything have to be done in front of an audience? Well, I prefer, Does everything have to be done in front of an audience? 
that's an exception. I almost took that to a bad No, it's a serious question. I want people to think about that for a minute. Does everything have to be done in public? Does it have to be done in front of an audience? Can't you study something without having to go and make a DVD out of it all the time? Or, you know, I mean, does it always have to be a project? Does it always have to be something, oh, my God, this is going to change the paranormal as we know it? I mean, these are the things that I see. Well, I think sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. But sometimes not. Like this Bell Witch Legend movie. Did there have to be another one? Absolutely no. Not. There's plenty of them out there. But he went out there and said, I'm going to, I think, I'm gonna, he, we're going to ask him in a few minutes. He went out there and he got original information, which is a usually a big no-no. Fantastic. Yeah. No, it's a big no-no. Original, what is it? Original... <laughs> Original research. Original research. Original research. Big no, no. But if you put it in a DVD and then people can watch it and learn from it, I'm actually all for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not stomping out people doing projects, but... <laughs> and then if the History like, Channel puts a stamp on it, mm-hmm. then it becomes credible. Well, there you yes, go. Yes, which we are not, but I have to say we have an affiliate in the chat room. Oh, really? Oh, so no. Are we getting lambasted? Affiliate. No, Sorry about that. Tyne FM came in and said they loved the opening to the show. Oh. <laughs> Both of them? <laughs> Both of the openings. Sorry about that, guys. We'll come back. Tyne FM. I didn't mention them. Another great affiliate. Sorry about that, guys. We, we will we'll come back uh, after this week. They said they thought it was funny. We play all independent music here on Ghostly Talk. I want you to listen to, indi- to the independent music and enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back, of course, with Zach Adams of uh, the Bell Witch Legend movie. Sky and, High Films. Yeah. Uh, Sky High Films. And uh, there was something else. Oh, and I promise. Promise not to replay the opener. Ghostly Talk! Is the veil between this world and the next getting thinner? I'm Chris Sloan, inviting you to join in and listen to a new podcast that deals with the paranormal. Parapod, with new guests every week from paranormal investigators to the people they help. Hear actual EVP. The people that capture We go into a case to disprove a haunting. Three flashlights, actually four counting the lantern were actually honed in on this thing. And it was swallowing the light up. Parapod. Log on to myspace.com forward slash Chris Sloan Radio. That's myspace.com forward slash C-H-R-I-S-S-L-O-N-E Radio. The only difference between the believer and the skeptic is time. And your time is now. Listen to Darker Side of the Moon Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Visit our website at darkersideradio.com. From horror movies to the paranormal, we cover it all. It's a spooky, weird, and zany kind of show. With your hosts, Laura Moon and Becky Ray. Don't miss it. Patiently waiting for the sun to 
Action. I'm Tim Yancey, inviting you to explore the fascinating realm of the paranormal. Ghosts and hauntings, Bigfoot, UFOs, and alien abductions. Join me live every Sunday evening at 9 p.m. with the foremost authorities and experts in the world regarding the mysterious realm of the unexplained. The Encounters Paranormal Radio Series, as heard on WBZT 1230 a.m. com. Rub us up a little bit. Yeah, that's that's uh, blood pumping. What was that chick's name? That, that, that Diane Distasio just heard. Wow. Set of pipes on her. Amazing <laughs> stuff. Song's called Shadows. Uh, MySpace.com, Diane Distasio. Wow. That is amazing. We... You're putting a link up on the webpage, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Doug, what's going on here? Who do we have? Well... The Bell Witch Legend is a documentary that not only explores the legend of the witch that haunted the Bell family from 1817 to 1821, but also delves into the history of the Bell family oh, yeah. and the small town of Adams, Tennessee, where the horrifying events happened. The Bell Witch Legend was all shot on location in Adams, Tennessee, and features interviews with some of the most knowledgeable historians on the legend of the Bell Witch. The website is www. BellWitchLegendMovie.com, mm-hmm. and Ghost Talk would like to welcome Zach Adams to the show. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Very good to have you here, Zach. Yes, we it got, is. We have a lot to talk. I know we have a lot to talk about with the movie. I, I, I want, like I said, I, I said this briefly the last half hour. Uh, you know, Zach, you were nice enough to send us a copy of this film. Sure. And I, I, when I had a chance, I finally sat down and watched the film, and I was just like. This is a you know this is just a great piece of work because like it says right here in the bio it isn't just about the Bell Witch because you know everyone wants to hear about the Bell Witch and I I'm cool that's really cool I mean it's a it's an amazing right. story it's one of the most you know one of the scariest cases you'll ever hear about in history right. uh, but it, you guys really got in my opinion really got to the meat of it I mean you get, you actually went there sat down with a lot of these people including Bell descendants themselves. Uh, and just got yeah. the story from these people. It, it just was mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, we did. You know, and it took us probably about nine or ten months to actually make the film. Of course, half that went into you know production and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. we went to the to places in Adams, Tennessee, which is about an hour from Nashville, Tennessee. Yep. And shot on location where a lot of these hauntings happened between 1817 and 1821. People got to remember this is a legend that's almost 200 years old. It's one of the oldest ghost stories yeah. uh, in the country. Well, yeah, you know, and this, I mean, like I was saying to Doug, we, Doug finally, I, I made Doug watch this film today while we were at work, cause he, had, all the stuff comes here. He watch it, absolutely good. Well, yeah, all the stuff comes here to the studio, so I'm like, you know, I'm like, I made it a point, I'm like, dude, we gotta watch this film, I want you to check this out, cause we're gonna be talking to this guy this weekend, obviously. Um, and it's just a really, really great film. Um, and we both just pointed out how well the film was put together. Now, you, you're part of a production company, what's the name of the production company again? Uh, the company's called Skydive Films. Uh, myself and, and my business partner, B.J. Brown, we started this about four or five years ago here in, um, here in Nashville, and we do everything from music video, you know, videos, um, surprise, surprise, you know, Nashville music, but a lot of music videos, documentaries, short films, uh, a little bit of everything. We also do a series, 
for PBS called Southern Haunt. It airs all over the southeast, which is um, like a series. We uh, travel all across the south and find places that are uh, going to be haunted but also have history to them. And what got us going on, on this Bell Witch uh, documentary is about three or four years ago, one of our first episodes, we, we did like a little five- to six-minute segment on the Bell Witch. It turned out really well, but we wanted to kind of just delve more into it. So mm-hmm. we got a hold of Tim Henson, who lives up there in Adams, and him and I talked about putting this project together for a couple of years, and finally we just did it. We started shooting in December of '07, and we had our official premiere uh, early November of, of this year. So mm-hmm. it took really you know, almost a year, actually, to... Yeah. Well, the film really, I mean, in its raw self, it's, it's really just a straight up documentary. I mean, you guys, Correct. you guys worked in, you know, some, some fleshed out parts. I don't even know what you, you call those flashbacks or whatever. I don't, yeah, kind of like B-roll. We would, you know, uh, we hired some actors to go in there and, uh, uh, you know, play John Bell and stuff. So we had some reenacting scenes, but yeah. it's really a documentary where we interview people and we have a lot of pictures that we, that we throw in there and some other B-roll. Yeah. And, um, you know, we shot about 95% of it on location in Adams, Tennessee. The only stuff that we didn't shoot on location uh, was the reenacting stuff where, you know, we had to go out and find, you know, a cabin that looked like it was 200 years old and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hire actors and people bringing in yeah. uh, all the wardrobe and stuff from the 1800s. Well, you know, the reason I the reason I point this out is that there there are a couple other documentaries. You know, well, there there's mm-hmm. a, I think there was one other documentary and there was an actual movie made. I think there were two we movies. Talk to it. may have been. Well, there was American yeah. Haunting, of course. Yeah, that, I know. I don't. Right. That, that, I try that not spawn to spawn of Satan. That needs I try to not to count that okay. one. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, right. it's art. Okay, it's notable. Sure. It's art, right? So, okay. Um, so, but who no, stamped, they were, who put their stamp of approval on the back? That's my somebody. In, uh, yeah. I don't even, I don't even mention that. But okay, good, good. No, but I mean, they were more just the story, right? It was just you know focusing on. The scary story of, you know, the Bell Witch and, you know, of course, you know, I think some people took a little bit of liberty on that and, you know, mm. made it into this, this, this. Well, okay. <laughs> but this really Right. Gets to well, the yeah, you know, it was Hollywood and, right. you know, it was what it was, but, it, you know, at least it brought more uh, notoriety to the legend itself and, uh, you know, Adams, Tennessee yeah. and all that stuff. And, of course, you know, Reese Witherspoon's got a movie about the Bell Witch coming out. I just found out a couple months ago. It's called Bell Witch. And she's starring in. Which is also producing it as well. Glad they put a lot of thought uh, into the title of that. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's call it the Bell Witch. Exactly. That's right. what's it about. Well, it'll, it, That's what we'll call it. We'll call it the Bell Witch. Yeah. Now, this film, your film, though, it really—I can't stress it enough. It, it just dives into the meat of it, and that's what I found so I cool. Like, I really like um, the hometown feel because, like, yeah. the very opening of the movie is here is Adams, Tennessee, and you know, right. it's. It's just there. It's, it's not. It's not pretentious. It's not. It isn't Las Vegas. Just yeah, it, it it's just there. Whether the bell was, was here or not, this is Adams, and this is how it's always been, how it always will be. And yeah. and I'm like, wow. It just feels like you're, you know, like you're there. Like mm. you, you understand what's, you know, what what they're going through right now. And yeah. then it starts digging into the history and then the people. And, and yeah. then you get to talk right. to the locals and the historians. And it, it's very, very well put together. And you really do uh, feel like you're there. Yeah. When, when you took on the project, <clears throat> did you learn, like, you probably knew stuff going in because you had had exposure to it with that, right. um, with that one previous piece for Southern Haunts on PBS. Correct. But then... 
did did something surprise you? What what was like the most shocking thing or surprising thing that you either learned along the way or talked about or discovered? Like something that really stands out in your mind, either about the legend or the people. It doesn't matter. I would say the little thing about Andrew Jackson. I wasn't aware that Andrew Jackson um, had actually met the Bell Witch back in I believe eighteen yeah. nineteen eighteen twenty something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, he was a senator from Nashville, and he was traveling, and he had heard these stories about all this crazy stuff going to Bell's house, and he was a personal friend of John Bell, and it went down there, and they, and he went, and he stayed the night there, and his famous quote was uh, saying, I'd rather fight the entire British Army than spend one more night at the Bell household. So I was like, hmm, <laughs> that's, that's kind of interesting. So a, so a former president uh, yeah. supposedly had... Well, you'd think of fear, yeah, especially back then. Well, yeah, when you think of a president back then and you think of the blue steely eyes, the come hither look, you know, fear nothing. I am the president. I am the the, the chief, (laughs) you know, the chief military officer here. You know, I mean, and for someone back then. I mean, yeah. Bush, well, having Bush, come, Bush, you know, if you if you if you startled him the wrong way, he'd probably fall over and have a heart attack right there. But you know, you know Andrew Jackson. Now that's aren't somebody there different. like little? Aren't there like little? They didn't call him old hickory for nothing. He was tough as nails. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Scared He's, him. I t- yeah. As opposed you know. to as opposed to current presidents, where like they remind me, aren't there little goats that you can scare so that they fall pass <laughs> out or something? What? Somebody was telling yeah, us pygmy goats or something. Or, is that it? Well, possums do the same exact thing too. Well, that's he's true. Playing possum, but Some, I think maybe it was Tanya Kaiser. Somebody was telling me about this little goat, and it just looks like a little tiny goat, and you scare it. You just go boo, yeah, and it just passes out. Yeah, I've heard that. I'm well, sure there's video on YouTube of that. There's sure. got to be. Well, that compiled with my with my comment on Bush further drives the point home that Bush was the spawn of the devil himself. <laughs> so there you go. Wow, there you go. So you know, another thing we covered here on Ghost and Talking, <laughs> you will only hear it here first. No, one of the things I want to ask you, well, who, did you have a question, Doug? Yeah. Um, go ahead, man. When, <laughs> so, so you go down there and, and you interviewed some, some rather colorful people. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what, what was their, because we didn't get, a, we got a sense of their general impression of the legend and what they grew up with and, and, uh-huh. and how it affects them and, and what they had heard and things yeah, like that. Yeah. But what, do, do you think that they like, obs- I know that they don't obsess over it. That's not the right thing to say. What would it be? Like, if you're, if you're a, a resident of Adams or nearby, mm-hmm. do you think maybe something goes through their head like when something weird happens? Like, I wonder if that was the Bell Witch. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's what like, you know. Tim Henson was telling me that he was the main uh, uh, featured historian, author in in the Bell Witch legend. He was even saying that people, oh my my car you know, broke down, it won't start. You know, it's the Bell Witch, and they put gas in it, and you know, ten seconds later it works fine. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's you know that's. <laughs> That's definitely true. Everything that happens there, they, just people, you know, some people there were just blamed on the, on the Bell Witch. So, you know, we hear that a lot, but these people are all, uh, from there. And, you know, yeah. they're not out here looking to get famous or anything. They're just good people with, uh, good stories. And, um, you know, it just took a long time to really find people that knew the legend, that knew the history. They could uh-huh. just, you know, get in there and just, boom. Well, tell it. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, oh, well, no, 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 that, that was it. Just, well, how, how, did you, really how did you get into, because I, I understand, now I think I understand the project, because I've seen the movie, yeah. and, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I mm-hmm. learned a lot, um, but in general, 
because evidently you've done a lot with filmmaking. You know, you've done the the PBS series, you've done shorts and and music videos, and mm-hmm. and now the documentary. What got you into filmmaking in general? You know, it was probably I was about fourteen or fifteen years old, and I remember we got a camcorder one summer, and I discovered it, and just you know, just fell in love with it, and it was always just shooting. I would film like sporting events and stuff, and. And everything, and we then we get our little friends over, and we make little videos here and there, and it just kind of stuck with me. I've always enjoyed it, from cinematography to directing, editing, producing, uh, screenwriting, everything pretty much behind the scenes. You know, I was I was like never the actor in the film. I would always get other people to do that for me. That's the one thing I haven't done yet. We'll see in the future, but mm-hmm. um, that just so I was you know. Uh, 14, 15 years old and, and got a camcorder and just kind of stuck with it. Well, it shows. Now, it so. really okay. shows. I, I, I can't stress that enough either. It really shows. And the film come just come off so great, I think. One of the things I was curious about, though, is, you, you know, there, like I said before, this was a, I mean, real, I mean, in its rawest form, this is a true documentary. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of interviews and stuff like that, talking to a lot of these people. I'm just curious, you know, with some of these people you interviewed, I'm just wondering, because this is probably, you know, probably one of the, if not the top three one of the top three most famous, you know, poltergeist slash haunting cases, you know, in history, in my opinion. I mean, the Bell Witch, right, anybody right. around the world knows who the Bell Witch is. Um, right. I'm wondering if you, when you guys came to these people, you know, like, hey, look, this is what we're working on. We're wondering if we could talk to you. Did they kind of go, Jesus Christ, would you just leave it alone? My <laughs> God, we know about the Bell Witch. Uh, some of them do, but they're not in the film, and I won't talk too bad about them. But the ones that are on the film, you know, the ones that are in the film, uh, you know, you know, they were great. And yeah. some of them had never been on camera before in their life. Probably half of them had never been on camera before. And, you know, they're not actors. Like I said, they're not people out just trying to get famous for this or that. Or, oh, I, you know, I'm in a film or whatever. Yeah. We just, and, and you know, and we did with a really small crew, which was nice as well. It was myself and two other crew people, and that's it. So we didn't want to freak the people out, bringing out like a grip truck out there and makeup and all this stuff. We wanted these people, you know, to feel like they're having a conversation with me. You know, and I would ask them the questions, and then they would, you know, respond. And so I didn't, just didn't want to have a really big crew to, to uh, well, you know, yeah. freak them out and just make them as comfortable as we possibly could. See, I never thought about it that way because, you know, most people, that's what they want. They want to have, you know, the, the trailer with the deli tray sitting in it, and they want to have the big crew, right. huge, and all that and stuff. And only the yellow you know, M&M's. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. They, right. they want to, you know, oh, they right, want to make sorry. it this huge production where, yeah, you know, I guess some people would be intimidated by that, especially if they've never been in front of a camera before, as opposed to just going in there going, okay, we're going to set this camera up, and we're just going to have a discussion, and we're going to, you know, we'll take that, and we'll use it for the film, you know, whatever way we do it. Absolutely. It it just seems so much more natural than, you know, especially for a documentary. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. You know, yeah, and some of it's kind of raw and stuff. Like this one scene we did with uh, Paul Eaton. He was the guy with the suspenders. Yeah. Kind of Mm -hmm. like Santa Claus with the beard. Yeah. uh, (laughs) That was noticed. Yeah, it was noted. Yeah. Yeah, Noted, yes. And he's a good friend of Tim Henson. Here's what's funny. That was shot on one of the main roads in Adams, and that interview lasted almost 30 minutes. Not in the film, but in the raw footage. Not one car came (laughs) within 30 minutes on the main road in Adams. So that just shows you how Small, small wow! It truly well, is. Well, I can say that I've been there myself, 
Myself and my girlfriend went there okay. back in, uh, what was it, 2006, I think now? Summer of 2006, okay. yeah. I think so. We drove down there, and we actually went to the, the Bell Witch Cave and visited right. and took the tour and stuff. like. Did you guys take the tour, by the way? I mean, I'm sure you did, but I'm, I'll ask you question. You know, I've not know. taken the tour yet. I oh. need to do that. That's the one thing I have not done. I've, uh, we filmed this mainly in the winter, and it was closed okay. when we were actually filming the interviews. Well, okay, so, I'll tell you, the, they're nice people there. They're great. Um, uh-huh. The guy and the gal who, like, own the property, and they pretty much own the Bell Witch Cave. Um, right. The, the woman, I forgot her name. She was the nicest lady. Chris Chris Kirby? It may be. I It, it just is. It's not in my mental okay. fish right, whatever, micro fish right now. But uh, the gentleman, the, the man, he, he comes off rough at first. Be careful. He's a nice oh, guy. Yeah. He's cool. But when you first meet him, he's like, you know, you know what, what do you need? You know, and it's like, oh, I know, I know. Well, I, I, saw, yeah. I saw the sign out front that said Bell Witch Tours. Why would you ask a question like that? But I'm here. <laughs> I, I, know, know. I, I want to pick blueberries. Yeah. What? Yeah. That was a pretty darn good impression, actually. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, and nothing would take away. He's a really, you know, after we got over that, you know, initial. Because I think you may have saw the Michigan plates and said, oh, God. <laughs> you know, these people right. in Michigan oh, are no, idiots. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, you know, after that we talked and he was really cool. We had a great time. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I always have suggested if you're near that area, go to Adams, Tennessee and check out the Bell, which, you know, go to the tour. It's, it's, oh, I think it's only, it was only 10 bucks a person for us. It was, it was relatively cheap to go check it out. Um, it's yeah. re- warning. It's really, really, really hot in, in Tennessee in the summertime. Oh, um, awful humidity. Yeah. It gets up there. So if you want to cool down though, but you go in, you can go in the Bell Witch cave and cool off. <laughs> so there you go. There's there an incentive go. to go. So yeah, but I definitely suggest that. And I mean, the cave itself is just it's a, it's amazing just to go in there. I mean, I think with the you know with the whole story behind it, it makes the cave ten times creepier than you right. would probably normally. Well, any cave, a cave just by itself is just you know no. Creepy. I don't want to go in that thing. There's stuff in there. Well, that there's probably who, swallow me whole. And but I don't there are like people that. who do like to go in caves. But it's yeah, actually, like my right. like my girlfriend. It's actually a I minor part it. of the legend. Yeah, it is, but yes, that's, it is. That, but that's, you know, we went there for the tour. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, that's, uh, it, it definitely, I suggest that to go check that out too. It, it just really brings, you know, you learn a lot too from that also. They tell you some things and stories and stuff like mm-hmm. that too. But no, again, I mean, I really think, you know, as we're running out of time per usual, and this always happens, uh, but this film really just cut, really cut new ground, I think. That's why, I mean, and, for the people out there who are listening in the first half hour, that's why we brought Zach on here, because I thought this film was great, and I wanted to see if some people pick this film up, because you can learn a lot from it. It's, I mean, just with all the interviewing and stuff like that done on there, it isn't just a scary story that was visualized for you with actors and stuff like that and cameras. There's a few cutaways, like we said, but it's a lot of really good information. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's my two cents, Doug. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering, Zach, what, what's next on your plate? Are you going to, yeah, yeah. obviously you're doing the, you know, the Southern haunts, but is there yeah. more paranormal stuff coming out from, from you? Uh, guys? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to get on this summer and do an episode, an hour long episode of, uh, New Orleans. I've never been. I was actually born in Baton Rouge, but I've never been to New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. So we're going to get there this summer and do an hour show about the history and folklore of uh, New Orleans. We've already done Charleston and Savannah, another city I would definitely recommend. I'm sure you guys have been there, Savannah, Georgia. Not yet. Never, town, honestly, never, not yet, not but I there. have been to New Orleans. I got kicked out, actually. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, they're having a little uh, party there yeah. down there. Right <laughs> they do oh, that is going on right now. Right now, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Somebody asked me, like, is Mardi Gras going on this weekend? I'm like, why would I know that information? I don't live there. Uh, apparently, we're going to party in spirit with the people down there. But, yeah, that is going on. Me right too. Now. Me too. Me too. So that's pretty much our next, you know, we're doing some more um, uh, music videos and stuff like that from some new artists. But we're also, uh, yeah, we definitely still do the documentary stuff, the paranormal stuff. And we're, you know, as long as our show keeps, uh, they keep playing, it's fun. Yeah. Well, one more about concerning the Bell Witch, the Bell Witch also too. One thing I wanted to point out, and this is on the DVD too. You talk, and this is something that we've heard about with people uh, that have done a lot of stuff. You know, we just we we talked about that a minute ago, and and, and kind of you know more of a lighthearted tone about I guess how you would live there. You could blame everything on the Bell Witch, which. That might right, be the place right. to move to, you know. <laughs> but uh, I am blameless. It's all it's Kate. all the it's all Kate's fault. Kate did it. But not. you said that you had some issues also when you were putting this film yeah. together. Am I correct? Yeah, you know, the last five or six minutes of the film is talking about you know the post production and crazy things that happened to us. People say all the time, and I have people that you know four or five people warn me, Zach, don't don't do something on this legend for the for the bad things that happen. Now, nothing's happened to me yet. Knock on wood, but, you know, um, our editor and our cinematographer, Bill Cornelius, when he was cutting the film uh, here in Nashville, strange things would happen. Tapes would go missing. Computers would, would turn on and off by themselves. DVDs wouldn't burn properly. Yeah, that was Bill. Our, I'm sorry. I said drive, you. That was Bill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Bill Cornelius. And um, he would get sick. And I've known Bill for years. He, you know, he states in the documentary he'd never get sick. And there were a couple times that he was editing and it was just weird. He would get, you know, migraines and be out for three or four days and get stomach flu and all this kind of crazy stuff that happened. And that's one of, that's one reason it took us, I mean, it literally took us six, seven months to put this together. And it should have taken a month and a half. Well, you <laughs> Two know. Two months, you know. So. Did, that's interesting, too, because one of the things you, you, you probably know doing Southern Hunts was, uh, equipment failure is one of the things that yes. ghost hunters deal with, right? That's true. And so, That's true. I mean, I don't know if I would have expected it to be while you were physically in Adams or because yeah. of how Kate worked, maybe it didn't have right. to be. And <laughs> maybe it was like, you know, yeah, I can reach to, to, to Nashville, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'll, I'll yeah, do the absolutely. whammy on him over there. <laughs> I don't and know. And that's what was crazy is that, you know, nothing happened... The, when we were actually shooting, and even the footage, you know, we had no audio problems, we had no glitches at all, um, but when we went to the post-production, it's just when all hell broke loose, um, and it was just it was just one of those things. Uh, we even had a sound editor we, we, uh, that said he kept not getting the files for whatever reason. We've worked with this guy for years, and we've always emailed him the files, and he's, he's always got them properly. He, he could never get these files, like the fourth and fifth time, so we finally got him to him so i it's just i, I don't know i don't have an explanation i wonder i wonder what kate is trying to keep people from saying about her <laughs> don't know uh, I, who knows who knows that's was she a vegetarian the reason I say that is because we've heard about this before with people who have done stuff like this with the Bell Witch. And they've yeah. had all kinds of, they've had hard drive crashes, they've had fires, they've had all kinds of wild oh, stuff yeah. happen to them. Yeah. So yeah, it, I'm just wondering if this truly is, you know, Kate 
coming to tell, you know, trying to intervene here, what the big secret is. Kate, why don't you let us know here and blow up our board or something like that? No, no, we, yeah. well, we do Kate, have a backup. Please call up. Call up right now. Go to the <laughs> would be great. We'd love to have a conversation with you. I'm sure. Awesome. Zach, we unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, we're at the top of the hour. Hang on the line. Don't leave us just yet, okay? Hang tight. Sure. Okay, cool. Okay. Everybody, the website. Yeah, where is, can we get, we gotta ask this, where can we get the film? Yeah, that's what the, a, the website is at www.bellwitchlegendmovie.com. Mm-hmm. It's all run together, no spaces or hyphens. Bellwitchlegendmovie.com. And, uh, absolutely well done. So. Yeah, well done. Thank you, Zach. I mean, congratulations on doing Thank such a fine job. Uh, hang on the line. Don't leave us just yet. We're gonna go to yeah. break here. Who do we got coming up next? Well, right? coming up next, uh, obviously we're gonna talk to Philip Spencer. And this is really, really interesting because we're gonna be talking about n- uh, just... It's cryptozoology. Yes, it's yeah. cryptozoology, the wild man of Kentucky, and all kinds of it. Wow, I just absolutely cannot I wait. You'd like so I guess this is a southern-themed film. Or film. Film. Because we're doing movies now. We're, we're going to make a movie. Now. That was no. a Freudian slip right there. A, a, a southern-themed show. <laughs> we'll be right back break. after this. For more info, visit ghostlytalk.com. Interested in ghosts, UFOs? How about the occult? Are you psychic? Would you like to find out? Well, if you're intrigued by the world's curiosities and all that is paranormal, then Paralore.com is a place for you. Create your own profile, start a photo album, write a blog, or just hang out and watch countless hours worth of paranormal videos while chatting with other Paralore members. Who knows? You could win a prize or two if you're quick and brave enough. It's all here, and it's all free. Visit www.paralore.com and join today. Again, membership is free, and we know you won't be disappointed. Paralore.com. Unlock your mind. Para X Radio and you. You, you, you. This is Johnny. Johnny is going to use his computer to contact the spirits. His sister Jenny is very curious and watches. Johnny just typed in www.para-x.com and is now communicating with the dead. You go, Johnny. Jenny is excited because now she can listen to shows like Night Watch with Todd Sheets, Caps Paranormal Radio with David and Tom, Paranormal Awareness with Bill Metz, Ghostology with Brian and Anna Marie, Leinster Paranormal Radio Show with Danny and Cormac, and The Ghost Divas Live. One day, the world will be a better place when we can all be like Johnny and Jenny and tune into Para-X Radio at www.para-x.com. All paranormal, all the time.
Shadow governments, strange rituals, new world shadow order, governments, strange buried treasures, new planetary mind You're listening to Ghostly Talk. Well, we pissed and moaned so much in the first half an hour of the show, I forgot to mention a couple things, of course. Oh, but this is an exciting thing. This is People an exciting thing. really, really, really want to know. We uh, are going to do another one of our little giveaways tonight. Because we're wild and crazy like that. We give away so much stuff because we can afford it because we're millionaires. Right. <laughs> uh, I wish. Actually, tonight's prize Try will be... convince my banker that. Yeah. Uh, tonight's <laughs> prize will be a brand spanking new CD. Uh, we've been meaning to give away a lot of these and have had, haven't had any time. By the band EVP. It's actually a Project EVP. A gentleman from Germany we've had on the show. Scorpio, so that's his name. Yeah. He sent me about 10 of these things and said, do what you want with them. Give them to anybody you want. Uh, we got a copy of this thing, the album, The Postmortem Chronicles of Necromancy. Um, and it's really cool because it's like this really weird music. It's all over the chart. But what makes it cool is that he works EVPs into all this stuff that he's that he's recorded over the years. Um, so this is some really interesting stuff. Um, a really good package too. It's a really cool DVD. And it's gonna go to the first person to email me right now at where Bonnie. ScottAlecGhostlyTalk.com. You didn't say it like a minute. Say it again, Bonnie. ScottAlecGhostlyTalk.com. Sexier this time. ScottAlecGhostlyTalk.com. Now touch my leg while you do that. <laughs> ScottAlecGhostlyTalk.com. Now rub my leg. Rub I, I am. Now rub it some more. ScottAlecGhostlyTalk.com. All right, we get it. All right, all right. First email, I'm watching the inbox right now. Doug, who do we have on the line? Well, we have a 30-year-old veteran investigator. Philip Spencer has amassed hundreds of case files in his research of strange events that have occurred around the world. Uh Bigfoot, however, is the author's preferred area of research. As in Anderson County, Kentucky, there have been many sightings of the enigmatic creature known the world over. His first book... The Wild Man of Kentucky, The Mystery of Panther Rock, mm-hmm. entails these sightings and much more, taking the reader on a journey into the heart of the dark and bloody ground, one of the most active paranormal places in the nation, also known as the Fraser Land. Mm. The website is www.philipspencer.net. That's P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-P-E-N-C-E-R.net. That, of course, will be linked up at ghostlytalk.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ghostly Talk would like to welcome Philip Spencer to the show. Welcome, Phil. Oh, thank you so much. Great to be here. Thanks for putting up with us there for a few minutes of my complaint. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, we got to give away these CDs. <laughs> right. <laughs> we want exactly. people to right. mm-hmm. Philip, uh, again, it's really great to have you here. And we've had some, we were supposed to have you on earlier in the year, uh, as in 2009. Uh, and 
you're here and uh, you sound really good, but I know I understand you were having some voice problems. So we had we had to wait a little while, but I, that's why I thank you for so much for joining us because uh, I know how that can go. We use we lose our voices all the time around yes. here. It's tough, man. So thanks for being well, with I, us. It's it's um, back to where I can do these, not full like it should be, but it's back. Mm-hmm. Now, in the book, you guys... I'm sorry, go ahead, Doug. No, I was going to say thank you. Oh. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, Doug. No, thank Philip for... <laughs> I don't forget it. <laughs> well, Doug, in the book, this isn't just you know about the wild man in Kentucky, the, as far as the book's concerned. Although we want to know, what Wait. other wild man is there? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we know a few. Well, we actually. know quite a few, yeah. yeah. Well, well, can we... Yeah, we, we actually I might do. do a book on them later. <laughs> <laughs> I can help you out with that. Well, I okay, guess, I'll get with you later. I guess... We, <laughs> Where, where can, let, I guess we could start with that because I know there's a lot of stories in here. I mean, can we start? Is that a good starting point for us? Is the wild man of Kentucky, or I mean, well, where? the word wild man mm-hmm. is a it, it means Bigfoot. Okay, uh, that's a term um, that you'll find sometimes in a Native American legend, but you'll find it uh, historically also, and it's a term for Bigfoot. Okay, and that's just one of the creatures that's been spotted in this area we have a picture of a uh, of a track that's over 18 inches long you mean, you mean have, as in the foot i mean the, the correct yes wow. it's, a, it's a foot track we have recordings we have some of the most credible and just compelling testimony of encounters that that's ever been heard and like I say, there's there's ghosts, there's strange lights, there's animal mutilations, there's UFOs. This area has so much going on that that it's just it's it's hard to try to grasp what's happening. And there's a cave that's known as Panther Rock, and, and it all seems to 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 happen around this cave. Okay. Well, I guess maybe we can start with that because well, yeah, we've heard of area, well, we've the, heard of areas like this before. Yeah, yeah. we we heard the the Bridgewater, Bridgewater the Triangle. Bridgewater Triangle is one of them. Uh, of course, there's yeah. the, the famous Bermuda Triangle down in the watery areas down near Bermuda. They just lose stuff there. Yeah, but there's the Bridgewater Triangle out in um, wherever um, uh, Massachusetts and and Rhode by Island Cape, kind well, of yeah, stuff by, by Cape, Cape Cod. Cod. Yeah, um, and there's Skinwalker Ranch, George Knapp's yeah. book. Yep, there's a Skinwalker Ranch mm-hmm. out west, there, and and now now there's the and and this is a lot closer to home, the Fraser Land, because because uh, it's like right. right down there in Kentucky. So I'm wondering what where whereabouts is this, and and who lives there? Why do they stay? Yeah, well, I want to know everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, th- this is in Anderson County, mm-hmm. and that's about 20 miles west of Lexington, mm-hmm. and 50 miles east of Louisville. Mm-hmm. And it's it's land that's up on the plateaus of the Kentucky River. Very fairly rough land. The the total acreage is really unknown for what's known as the Fraser land. Thousands of acres. And the people that live there are just good down to earth people. And other people have asked me, well why do they stay there? And that's a good question. Well, the reason is because this is their home. Mm-hmm. But now, there have been one case that I speak about in the book and the uh, DVD 
a family actually packed up and left because their children encountered uh, the creature known as Bigfoot. And it terrified them so bad that they just moved. Now, the the, the name, the Fraser Land, mm-hmm. comes from an elderly woman who said a fam- told a friend of mine that, that a family moved in, bought, settled all this land. Their name was Fraser. And then one day they just left. They just packed up what they had and were gone. And the uh, elderly lady said that this is the Fraser land. And that's, that's where all this is happening. Wow. Do you think maybe they brought a curse or is it like a intersection mm. of, uh, of ley lines or, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it runs, the 38th parallel mm. runs through it. Okay. However, I could really see no correlations as far as the lay, you know, ley lines or anything, but I think it's this cave. Interesting. There's, there's something, <laughs> I mean, there's been things happening at this cave. I saw a strange blue light come up out of this cave. Myself and three others witnessed this. There's been stories of these lights back at this cave. And there's shadow creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's, there's other animal tracks uh, that can't be identified. Big tracks. In this area, this is all within a few miles of this cave. Mm-hmm. And as to what's going on there, we've I've, I've talked about vortex, some kind of that. dimensional portal. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just know that it's just amazing how many things are happening there. Now, and these are obviously, you've talked to a lot of people around that area. We've talked about the people already a little bit. And, I mean, I'm sure a lot of these people have, I mean, what's maybe one of the most, like, notable stories you've heard from uh, from oh. some people around there as far as any of the phenomena involved? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a huge question. I'm putting him on the spot. I, yeah. <laughs> if you want a minute, well, there's, a, <laughs> there's a gentleman by the name of the ex-farmer. The ex-farmer? The ex-farmer is what I call it. Mm-hmm. He wanted to remain anonymous. Oh, excellent. And uh, he had three farm dogs, big farm dogs, that got into a fight uh, with, a, with a creature. And did, how, did the, could, how did the dogs fare? Like, <laughs> oh, they, they didn't fare very well. Oh. He lives in a somewhat remote area. But he could see the fight. Mm-hmm. And he was some kind of strange-looking, grayish creature, over 100 pounds. The next morning, he found two of the Dobermans with their faces ripped, just big gashes. Ooh. The third biggest dog was never heard from again. Ooh. Mm. That's interesting, because um, a gray... Creature? Was it like, like a Bigfoot creature, or was this more no, like a? This, this, what he could see, it was on all fours, and it had a strange look to it. And he could see it take its front paw, I guess, and slap his dogs. And he would hear his dogs scream and then attack it again. But during this whole fight, at no time did this creature ever make a sound. Never. 
That's it didn't growl or or yelp or nothing. Nothing. All he heard was his dogs barking. I imagine and and yelping and these were three big rough tough farm dogs. Mm -hmm. You know that this was their land, and something like that comes on it. There's trouble. Mm -hmm. And um, whatever this was, the the ex farmer is convinced that the biggest one was killed and carried off. Wow. The other two had huge gashes in their face. Huge. This is amazing because it's it's not unlike, um, you know, you you hear of animals getting in fights with other animals. Uh I mean, so you hear about that. Of course. You hear about dogs protecting their land, Mm -hmm. right? But usually when an animal is in a fight, it it also tries to intimidate with vocalizations and and growling and, and... how and and the, the gray thing didn't do any of that. Nothing. And I was mentioning earlier that that some tracks had been found. Yes. Mm-hmm. That were unidentifiable. Well, one of these tracks we we call it the the Fraser mud track. And a week after it was found, now it looks like a cat or dog track only. It's over four inches across. And wow. <laughs> that's a huge track. Yes. And um, a week after that was found, um, a man I interviewed the, this man and woman and spoke to them personally about this. Mm-hmm. Within a mile of where that track was found, uh, it was an elderly man and woman on the large farm. They heard a crash outside. They ran out and looked, and a, one of their cows, a 700-pound cow, came crashing through a gate. Its right eye was ripped out, and its ears were torn off down to the bone. Ooh. And its back was ripped. Now, this is a 700-pound cow, mm-hmm. and this is central Kentucky. And... The farmer told me, he said, Philip, he said, I know my land. I know what's on it. He said, I'm going to tell you. He said, I don't know what did this, but it wasn't nothing that's around here. He said, this wasn't dogs. He said, I don't know what did this, but it was something that's not supposed to be here. Well, considering the cow, you said the cow came crashing through the gate. It was spooked and it was Run, running home. It was running. It was it was running. Right. Okay. It I, came from the backfields. It sounded like it just came flying through the gate. I'm like, what the heck? Picked up a 700 pound cow and threw it. No, no, no. <laughs> it know? was it was it was <laughs> yeah. running for its life to get yeah. back was, home right. to safety. Exactly. Okay. All right. That's still, I mean, not any less you know insane uh, to see a cow. I don't think like that. I could rip a cow's ear off. I without oh, endangering my own life or even physically. They called a veterinarian and they came and saved the cow. Oh, that's good news. Good. good. Yep. And the, but the vet didn't know what did it. Had right. no idea. Just to add a point, I mean, I've been around plenty of cows. Right. <laughs> what kind a of joke point in there somewhere? That? that didn't. I was getting to it, but oh. you guys jumped all over me before I decided. <laughs> when I was trying to make my point. See, Philip, what I have to put up with around here, man. This is what I have to put yeah. up with all the time around here. And no, you love it. No cows. I mean, they they come off docile like that, right? 
my Uncle Afford's uh, property in Tennessee, for example. Um, but if you really poke at them, they can intimidate you a bit. They oh, can, yeah. They can, they can snort. They can do little, you know, not, not bulls, but they Any can. Any 700-pound animal. Yeah. It's going to, you know, could. Uh, put up quite a tussle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they, and they, I kind of had a couple scare the crap out of me because I was met, I was a young kid, you know, poking them with a stick, right, thinking I'm right. funny, and they you know, and they just do one little jump, jump, and I go running down the hill to my uncle Afford's house, you know. So yeah, I mean right. they're not they're not you know useless animals just to be made stakes out of like most people think. I mean they can they can hold their own I think in in most battles. Oh. Like you just said, a 700 oh, yeah. pound animal is gonna they're hard to deal with. Right, but something. You know, something really ferocious yeah. attacked that town. And this is all within a, a couple of miles of the cave. Do you think, I mean, uh, we've heard a couple stories here. Do you think this may all be the same animal, or do you think it may be, I mean, as far as the animals are concerned? No. Do you think it no. could be, or different ones, maybe? I think there's multiple events here, multiple creatures. What, what made that track could have been what attacked the cow. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't what made the 18 plus inch track. That we believe is the is right. Sasquatch. Right. Um, we we have a recording. Yes. That, that came from the area where that ha- for the track was found. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're going to listen to it a little later. Yeah, whenever you want to, we can get into that, too. Right, uh, but uh, yeah, I have that ready to go also for us. Well, actually, since we're talking about it, I think we should probably play it before the break. You want, And we can play it after the break. Cause it's, and then we, we can... We yeah, can do whatever the hell we want. And then, I know. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, but we can... I, I'd like to play it before the break. You want to so give it a listen? think about okay. it. Okay. Yeah, well, if you'd like, I can give you a little... Set us up. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about Set this. us up, please. I, I left some equipment with the x farm. And one of the things I left him was a small handheld digital recorder. And I told him, I said, look, with everything that's going on here, if something happens, keep this handy and grab it and just turn it on. Well, uh, let's see, this was in, I believe, I believe, I think I'm right, November of 2007, somewhere around there. Uh-huh. He was out on his porch of his cabin. About 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, he heard this sound start. He grabbed the recorder, and he recorded it. But here's something for everybody to think about. This sound was 350 yards away. It was behind the hill, approximately 100 feet down, and it was behind the cabin. Notice what I want everybody to do mm-hmm. is pay very close attention to the dogs. He had two dogs laying in the yard by his porch. But everyone listened very closely to those dogs. And when we're finished, I'll tell you what 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 is so unusual about them. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to give it a shot. Here we go. <laughs>
Okay, there we go. Now, go ahead, Doug. Well, that's interesting. I, I, I just want to recap what I think I heard. Um, Damn eerie! I'll say. That. I heard. I heard. Yeah, this really eerie howling. <laughs> was it, was it sound. slowed down? Was that audio? Was it, was it slowed down at all, uh, Philip? No. Okay. That's right off of. That's just been converted. I converted it from a wave to an MP3. Okay. All and right. I turned it up a little and cleaned a few pops out. Okay. That's it. Yeah, because you could hear that he was holding it, and you can hear some right. of the pops. It may have been the, the wind like, also hitting when it he too. Was, yeah, when he was moving. Right. The, the it's a small recorder. handheld recorder. Yeah, yeah, and the, and I'm I'm used to we do that. You know, in ghost hunting, we'll pop a, a recorder right. on and we'll say, okay, at 7:15, a you know a car drove by or whatever, and then and you can right. hear you working with it and moving it. So so I understand right. cleaning that up. It sounded like a. You said this was 350 yards away, which was like quite a ways behind the cabin or the the house, yes. and then also behind a hill in and 100 right. feet down. So whatever right. was making the howl was had to have been a pretty big beast. Oh, I certainly wouldn't have wanted to have been anywhere near it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the sound is just eerie. We talked about this last it's night for a minute, Phil. Well, we we talked last night for a second. Uh, bef- you know. In the evening, and um, I mentioned that I listened to the audio, and it just is, it's just that, ooh. It's a, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, a, it's an eerie-sounding piece of audio. And then you're right about the dog's response. Yeah. Because the dogs, which are sitting on, you know, they're right near the front porch or on the front porch. They're right there with the guy. So, of course, they're they're louder because they're right there. But, the, I mean, I, I first I heard, like, yeah, a that- bark, but then I heard them reacting in a way that they shouldn't react. Well, here's the deal. The thing about the dogs is they did nothing. These dogs, they were there when we were filming. Mm-hmm. And they one of them had to be put up. He couldn't be let loose around us. These dogs <laughs> are very protective. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do anything. They were puzzled. The ex-farmer said he'd never seen them act like that. Wow. They did nothing. They were confused. They were looking in that direction, tilting their head with their ears perked up. And he said they actually looked confused. Weird. How interesting. Let's take a break because we got to get to the news. Idea. But I want to talk more about this, though. Because this oh, is... I've got something else about this to tell you also. <laughs> Let's hold off because I, I, I really, really want to get yeah, cause, And we'll listen to it again after the break, too. And then we'll okay. learn more. This is amazing stuff. Don't forget the website is www.philipspencer.net. Uh, and, of course, we'll link that up at ghostlytalk.com. Yep, yep. Next up is uh, the news with Bonnie Vent. And, uh, and then we're going to come back. And talk more about this Fraser Howell, the the Fraser area, and hopefully learn about the cave and and, and of course the uh, uh, any any little gems from from the book because because uh, wow. wow the Wild Man of Kentucky the mystery of Panther Rock we're talking about right after the news. Ghostly Paranormal investigation groups all over the world are looking for answers. We all clamor at the chance to get even the tiniest peek at who or what is on the other side. CPR, or Cooperative for Paranormal Research, is one of these groups. We are dedicated to finding the answers, dedicated to finding evidence of the paranormal, and dedicated to proving that some places are truly haunted. Welcome to Paranormal News on Ghostly Talk Radio. 
Paranormal News is produced by Genesis Creations Entertainment. I'm your host, Bonnie Vent. Do you need a celebrity to promote your product or service? Planning a big event and want that little extra star power? Want to have lunch or dinner with the cast of Leave it to Beaver? Or dinner and a concert with Peter Noon from Herman's Hermits? Then go to Genesis Creations Entertainment at www.genesiscreations.biz and book a celebrity today. Of all the planets in our solar system, which is your favorite? It's not surprising that many people choose Saturn because of its uniquely beautiful rings. So for all you Saturn lovers, this month's for you. Saturn officially reaches its opposition on March 8th, and this week it appears in our sky opposite the sun, rising in the east at sunset and lying at its closest to Earth. You should have little trouble finding it because it's the brightest object in the eastern sky after dark, just below the back end of Leo the Lion. As Saturn approaches its spring and fall positions, the rings close down and become more difficult to see from Earth. And when turned completely edge onto us, they nearly vanish, leaving only a tiny, faint, and nearly featureless yellow disk. Looking at these thin rings from the side removes the glare and gives astronomers a great opportunity to see the icy moons near the planet. Right now is one of those times. The rings are inclined only about 2.6 degrees towards us and appear as a razor-thin line crossing the planet's disk. They will open a bit by late springtime, but by early September they will disappear from view. If you don't have your own telescope, call your local planetarium, science museum, or amateur astronomy club to see when their next star party will be so you don't miss this remarkable apparition of Saturn. Some people in Hawaii reported seeing a green fireball. Others said it was orange and scary. They didn't know what they were looking at at about 9 p.m. on February 9th. The NASA Solar System ambassador had about 18 people at a star show that night. He said they were waiting for Saturn to come into view at about 9.05 p.m. when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the streaking bullet of a meteor comes ripping across the sky, heading downward at a 45-degree angle toward the ocean. As this meteor came closer to the crowd, it suddenly lit up brighter than a full moon. This thing was the largest, brightest meteor he had ever seen. Then it lit up into a brilliant clear blue for a split second, and then a brilliant red, and then disappeared. People elsewhere on Oahu and throughout the nation reported seeing similar events. University of Hawaii astronomer David Tholen said possibly it was a new media shower from a clump of cometary material that had not yet dispersed enough to become an annual shower. There are no meteor showers this time of year, but sporadic meteors occur year-round that are not associated with any particular shower. For more information on these stories, please go to www.sdparanormal.com and the Paranormal News feed page. Don't forget, sign up for a free subscription to Paranormal News. Thanks for joining us today on Paranormal News. If you'd like to sponsor or advertise on Paranormal News, please send us an email at paraxnews at aol.com. You can listen to Paranormal News on Ghostly Talk Radio at www.ghostlytalk.com. Please check out their other fine shows. 
Or you can join us at paranormalnews.mypodcast.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Bonnie Vent. This is a war that we're fighting. What you're talking about does not make it human terms. It is from another time and place. Demonology today. Class is now in session. Featuring Ken Deal, Alan Glissell, and Deborah Johnson. Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. Central, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Only on the I Am Haunted Radio Network. This is Ghostly Talk. Another announcement for you guys, as we took up the first half an hour with making, our, mis- making mistakes, with redoing the intros, and uh, generally complaining and being annoying. That's what makes you notable. Um, <laughs> I mentioned last week about the lost archives. Yes, there were lost archives. This big, found. big dramatic thing that I said I'd be taking care of this week. Well, yeah. oh no, it was a busy week. Yeah, <laughs> but I have them, and I'm, I'm, I, they're on my desktop. I'm gonna take care of them and get those up for you guys. They're pretty cool. Like I said, I just gotta get them cleaned up, and I'm gonna get them up there for you guys to check out. So as soon as they hit there, I'm gonna, I, my goal will be to get them done this week. I promise yep. I'll get them done. Um, cut me a little slack. It's been, it's been a nutty week. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's going on. I just wanted to throw it out there too. I didn't forget about you guys, Doug. What are we? What, what's up? Help. We're, me. we're still talking with 30 year veteran investigator Philip Spencer. Uh, and author of the book, um, The Wild Man of Kentucky, The Mystery of Panther Rock. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, um, wow, all kinds all of kinds interesting of creatures yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and what they do. Um, and, and of course, they've, they've got everything there, ghosts and, and a cave. That's, the, that's Panther Rock, the, the cave. Yeah. Um, and, and the whole area around there called the Fraser Land. Uh, really, really fascinating. Uh, the website is www.philipspencer.net. Mm-hmm. You can look up all that information. But meanwhile, we still want to talk, Philip, we want to talk a little bit more Frasier about Howell. this Fraser Howell recording. Yeah. Cause I mean, the, the, the fellow was kind, you, you left a recorder with, the, with a guy who was having, you know, some, some Obviously terrifying going on, things yeah. going on. Right. And he's right. sitting on his porch in November of 2007 and, and, and this, this, Starts happening, so he clicks on, gets and clicks on the recorder, and it's just 
really eerie and weird. Do we want to hear it one more time and then hear the, yeah, sure, the rest? Can, yeah. can, can okay, we listen sure. to it one more time because it really is eerie and I want to creep people out because it's really good stuff. That's what, <laughs> That's what we're here to do. It's <laughs> yeah. our job. Yeah. Here we go. We'll uh, give us another listen. Here we go. I am absolutely impressed with the way that the uh, the dogs reacted because yeah. that is uh, very exactly. interesting. It's it just wow that that is definitely something that I wouldn't have expected big farm dogs you know to react. That, and, that's right, exactly. And the ex farmer was stunned by their behavior also. Right, because he's lived with these dogs. He knows that they're right. farm dogs. They're gonna they're gonna be you know boisterous and, and outgoing and protective of the yes. land, but they're puzzled and, and kind of whimpering a much. little bit. Exactly. Like, I, now, there's something else. Ever since this was first played and people started hearing it, I've been getting reports that when this would be played over radio stations, that people's cats, the terms would go berserk go wild. Interesting. I mean, numerous emails, people telling me from all over the world about what their cats do when they hear this howl. Not every time. I've had a few where they said, I have cats, and they did nothing. But over and over, I get these reports about the Fraser howl making cats just go berserk. Well, this will be interesting. If you're listening on an iPod, because a lot of people download well, the yeah. the show and put it on their little iPod and they make exactly. it to work. If you're listening on your iPod, take, when when you get home, well, here's an homework, I, maybe, play this for your cat mm-hmm. and see if the cat does something. Correct. If, well, the cat I, could do one of the things. It could be like, eh, why are you bothering me? <laughs> or or it might react in a way. That, I'll that, try it on know. Amber's cat and see if she, well, that cat's oh. so lazy. Oh, well, yeah. Asriel don't do anything. <laughs> no, well. Here's a question I have. This is an interesting idea that you're throwing out there, Doug. Um, what we could do, if you if you don't mind, Philip. I mean, I we're on the air, but hey, you know, um, if we, I could actually <laughs> right this file you here. sent me, would you mind if we put it up on our site for people to download the file? Oh, that's check out? that's perfectly fine. Okay, all right. Please. When I put the archive up tonight, guys. Uh, or if you're listening to the podcast or whatever it is, if you're listening to a replay, the file will be up at the Ghostly Talk website on our archives page where this particular archive for this show will be and the on-demand archives. Uh, we've done that before in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put the, we'll put this file up there. And that way, I mean, yeah, because I mean, you're going to lose fidelity with podcast stuff and all that. Whatnot. Well, that's we'll true. put the raw that's file up here so you can use the real deal that Philip sent us personally. And then yes. and play it on your computer speakers, and then see if the you know see if your yeah home animals see if your cats are, claws yeah. your eyes out or something are either yeah. interested or not. Any yeah. information, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, well, yeah. Do you have a, you have an email address? Would you like people to email you, Philip? 
uh, you can go to philipsventure.net, and on that page you'll see the word contact. Click it. That's my email. Oh, perfect. Or if you're feeling really lazy and you want to make me work harder, just email scottl at ghostlytalk.com. I'll be happy to forward it to Philip for you. That's right. <laughs> wow. I, th- this is really fast. And, and yeah. it's a little experiment that you can get in on because the more data, right. you know, positive or negative, like, and, and it's not really positive or negative. It's just, you know, either there's a reaction or there's not. Yeah. It's an easy thing to you know, to observe and then, uh, and then tell Philip about right. it. And he can, and with this data, you can compile, uh, you know, a little chart. See what's or, going on. Maybe there's something, something to see. this audio. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'd certainly like to know why cats have this reaction. Dogs don't. Dogs never respond to it. Interesting. It, it very. Well, you said that the dogs at the farmer's house where this was recorded they were at, puzzled. they more, yeah, they sat there tilting their heads right. kind of going, you know, what what's the, going on? What is this thing? Yeah. You know. Exactly. And, um, so <laughs> it's so puzzling. So much is going on in this area. It's just so puzzling. Well, let's talk about something. I mean, let, let's get into something. You said, you mentioned ghosts also. There was, there's, there's been mentioned, oh. there's been ghost scene there. <laughs> there's, there's been reports of other strange animals, large, odd-looking black cats. There's a, a, a ghost uh, reports all in the Fraser land. Mm-hmm. And what what's intriguing? There's still I'm still getting reports. This is not stopped. It, it's ongoing. And. It, <laughs> It's like the gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> uh, it's just, um, you know, if you look around at stories, you have one good story in an area, maybe two. But this place, <laughs> it, it has everything. UFOs, bizarre uh, nat- things of nature. Animal mutilations. I mean, it just goes. The the Bigfoot reports, the sightings, mm-hmm. just stunning. Um, a man and his son, uh, which can be seen on the DVD, have a, have an amazing report. So it's just so much stuff. It, it's just unbelievable. When um, so and, but the people in the area who who live there. Now you you said the the Frasers themselves. Uh, ended up just leaving, <laughs> and yeah, yike. And but and then and then you said, was that the family, or was there one other family who just left? But and then everyone else just sort of stays and lives with it. Well, the 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 story of the Frasers apparently was in the 1700s, and they came in to settle this land. Mm-hmm. This is the way it was told, and then one day they just left. They were gone. And nobody knows why. Um, yes. I suspect I know why. Um, if I lived in this area mm-hmm. and had all of this occurring, I might just leave overnight myself. Uh, you know, um, yeah, if my house was filled no, with a know, hole I'm, like I'm that. I'm paranoid enough with the human beings that I know are human. I wouldn't want right. to be, I don't want to be dealing with aliens and Bigfoots well, and, and ghosts the, the all at one time. The ex-farmer and his family, mm-hmm. 
they will not go out of the house unless they're armed. They, their children absolutely have stopped all camping. Their friends don't come over to camp anymore. That's all over with. It's gotten uh, that bad. I that mean, bad. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, you know, the one question I do have to ask, though, I mean, this, just, this begs to be asked, is that we have this area with all this reported activity. Right. Um, right. I mean, and it's it's across the board, you know, I mean, all the stuff we talk right. about here, all the good stuff. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you've asked people this, if this has come up, though, in conversations or you've asked people this question is that, you know, once you get something going, I mean, and I'm not saying this is not what I'm saying, what it is, but it's a question that has to be asked, though. Um, and, you know. We have some things that happen with hysteria where people, you might start with one occurrence and then another occurrence happens here and another occurrence happens here. And then after several occurrences in an area like this, people might start getting a little bit on edge. I mean, for God's sake, the, we just talked about the Bell Witch in the last, uh, last hour. And how now even a car breaking down could they be the blame Bell the witch. Bell Witch, they right? Pass and then they go. Yeah, very, I understand. Yeah. However, there are people that live within a thousand feet of the cave uh-huh. that don't even know it's there. Okay. I mean, this is a rural area. These people are somewhat private. Mm-hmm. Now, they're really good people that would come and help a neighbor instantly. But it's not, you know, like I would talk to them, and they had no clue what was going on on their neighbor's property. They did not know, but yet, little did they know that they had things that were uh, associated, these sounds. You know, they were telling me about this happening. Well, the the people that owned the cow, they had no idea about the other events. They they were clueless. Okay. And these people live within a mile of each other. Okay. But So, you know, I understand what you're saying about... Uh, psychological aspects of hysteria. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see that. I, I really don't. I thought about that. Um, and this is over a period of 30 or 40 years with what I was just dealing with in the book, with, with of course, going back historically and so forth. Yeah. Um, but the ex-farmer and his family, th- this is the last thing they ever wanted. They're, they're, he, he's a retired professional. I mean, very credible and a smart person. Uh-huh. They're all just mystified as what's going on. I mean, we've got rock structures that are just <laughs> strange back in the woods. Mm-hmm. We've got something moving in the woods at night. We, our, my team, the reality investigative team, uh-huh. we were, we were just in a, Something happened to us. We don't know what happened. We were seeing lights, shadows. It was like something was leading us away. It it was just so strange. But you can read about that in the book and see it on the DVD. Well, this you know, is incredible. I I think it's amazing. Well, we, and we're hearing, you know, about and of course, you know, as you like like in our studies, I mean, the deeper you study into things, you start to see more 
places like this, like we were talking about the Bridgewater Triangle earlier, like these places, and I don't want to necessarily call them places of power, because I don't know how much power you're getting from them. <laughs> but, well, no. I, I, but they they could be related to something like that. Yeah. I mean, places of power, you know, places of power that might manifest these things. Or, I mean, uh, let's really toke it up right now and say, hey, maybe there is a portal opening up and these things are coming from somewhere yeah, else. I mean, it's that, a definite you know, possibility. I often wonder if... You know, I, I mean, I've sat and thought about this so much. Yeah. Is that just kind of a convenient answer? You know, you know I'm, I'm one, I'm a proponent of multiple dimensions. Uh-huh. But in this case, I have to sit and just kind of argue with myself. <laughs> I mean, it, it, when trying to figure out all of this, would that be just sort of a convenient truth to say, well, it's a portal. Everything's coming through it, you know, uh-huh. or, I see or is it, you know, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Why all these events, you know, from these very credible witnesses, um, it's just a beautiful mystery is what this place is. Um, creepy, scary, and fascinating. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's... Well, go ahead. How do you go out and investigate? Because, like, obviously you would obviously want to Obviously you keep, arm yourself. Uh, yeah, and, and, <laughs> keep, and keep close together. But I'm, I'm wondering, do you guys set time limits and check in and things? Because it sounds kind of dangerous to be out there. We use communication equipment. Good, good, okay. We separate. Good, because uh, I, I don't think I want people just to run out you know, to that area and just start, you know, Ooh, oh, I'm no, going to find no. one. No, I don't no. think that's a good idea in this case. I and think we're not, means... and we're not in- endorsing that either. No, you know? if there's I... people that listen oh, no, to Kentucky, that would be a bad mistake. yeah, I think you should probably, <laughs> bad mistake. yeah, I think yeah. you should research first, get in touch with Philip and, yeah. and do it the safe way because this, oh, this yeah. could, this don't, could actually be dangerous. Do not go out in this area and just take off in the woods. Don't do that. Mm. Big mistake. Well, people out there listening, uh, like like I said last week, or it may have been a while back or something like that, I know when you buy your new DVD player, you just want to get right to it and start pushing the buttons and playing the DVDs, but you need to read the manual first. Yeah, because this this particular case, Philip, is an advanced case. I mean, this area is is highly advanced, and and I, I, I don't think that a new ghost hunting group or a new Bigfoot hunting group or whatever should just run out there. I, I think this this one no. deserves a lot mm. more study and safety skills and survival Absolutely. skills than anything else. And this plus, is very rough country. Yeah, and plus uh, introductions to people who can help. I mean, because if you do get in trouble, you're going to need to know people down there. That's and, right. And so you would need somebody to introduce you to people who live there, and, and you, you can't just, like, rush out there and, and go. This is not one of if, those places. If I wasn't from this part of the – I lived in this area for 40 years, mm-hmm. and I know people. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that, none of this would have happened. You, nobody, you just can't go to these to these properties. Right. Can't happen. Right. So I, I think that it's definitely, this is one of them advanced cases that needs to be studied by people who have the resources uh, to, and, and connections to study them because this is uh, yes. very advanced. And, and, and your, and your share, and, and the, the good thing is, uh, you're, you're sharing your, your research. You're, you're putting it in books. You're putting it in the DVD. Um, on, uh, you know, the website. I mean, you're, you're sharing everything that you're learning, which is, uh, very right. commendable. But the purpose of it. You know, well, I'm looking for answers. 
you know, most of the time my answers turn out to be questions. Uh, <laughs> that's how, that's where that's we are. That's what a good researcher does, though, in this field. Ask right. the questions and that's keep right. asking the questions. Um, I've had so much new information come in. I've got several new projects that I'm going to be working on this year. But I didn't think I was going to go back and go back to the Fraser land for a while. Right. But I've got so much new information that <laughs> I'm starting to think it's going to be hard not to. Well, it sounds like there's a plethora. I mean, there's it sounds like there's plenty to write about, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's all you can say. Uh, well, in our, in our discussion tonight... We haven't even covered half of it. Oh, we never do. This show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we suck. I mean, it's I, I, this happens all the time. We, there's, stuck, we, there's so many more things, um, like the black cats, the big black cats yeah. fighting, uh, big wolf-like creatures walking on their back legs. Um, oh, there's so many more stories about this place. And, you know, I cover all of it in the book. Mm -hmm. And the good thing on the DVD, you get to hear the testimonies, get to see the people. And it's just compelling. And that's what that's what I liked about the Bell Witch one was yeah. the people. Yeah. The people telling the things. Get to, you, the, get to the meat of this stuff. That's you, what I like to see. Yeah. I, I had the unfortunate um, experience that on Friday the 13th, this this past Friday the 13th yeah. here yeah. In, in, in February, uh -huh. I unfortunately went to the opening at 12.01 a.m. of Friday the 13th, the oh, new yeah, one, yeah. The, the movie. Mm -hmm. And, oh, it was, it was absolutely, I walked out, by the way. But, um, but one of the, one of the things was, you know, the, the hero of the story or whatever, uh, ends up going to. They all die. There's no hero. Everybody dies. There's well, always this one, one that lives. Yeah, and and this one, who I'm sure would be the one that lived, because I didn't I didn't stay to see him live. Well, they're, I, I was they're just not reinventing the wheel with that. Movie, I was just so. completely over it. But he he goes up, and this old this little lady who lives in the area, mm -hmm. um, you know, he he's going up and and showing pictures of his his uh, sister or something who had gone missing years years ago, and uh, and he goes and. And he goes up to this little cabin, and then of course he gets scared by the dog. Oh, yeah, scary. And then, uh, and then the little lady says something like, um, "You know, people don't know where to step around here." You know that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, and what she's doing is she's saying, you know, all these people come to Camp Crystal Lake or whatever it is, and then they they die. Well, it's their fault. That's what she's saying because they keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming and yeah, they get killed. Well, yeah. so they just don't know where to step. Well, I can't they don't say I know. disagree with her on that. I've seen a bunch of the films. I mean, the same thing happens every time. Every single time. I know. But, yeah. they, but <laughs> I, I'm wondering if, if the, the people who live there, the people who are, you know, in that area, this is a pretty dangerous uh, kind of thing. And I, I know, like, not every night probably isn't full of werewolves and, and Bigfoot and, and stuff. But, you know, they, they must get to know the situation and they get to know the dangers and they get to know what's going, you know, how, how to live there in order to stay there. Mm -hmm. do, do, are they, are they unsafe? I mean, I, I know that the, that you said at night, the, you know, ex farmer and his family are, they don't even go out the house. So they, they've learned to cope, right? Right. Do, 
they do the people in the area are do they know how to stay safe in 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 this? Oh yes. Wild? Okay, good. <laughs> yes, these people are very self-sufficient and heavily armed. <laughs> Another reason hey, so not are, to go so are we in the here world. in Detroit, man. <laughs> we got something in common. Uh, yeah, we've we've got a common bond. Yeah, <laughs> but I've often thought about the cow. Whatever did that to that cow? I would hate to encounter that. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's something. As far as safety, whatever did that, it's not safe to be around. Oh yeah. Well, that's obvious. I, I mean, just. Right, cow. <laughs> Horrible. Do you know? I, I mean, cowhide is well. They end up making leather out of it, right? I mean, you you oh, it's you can't it's yeah just rip it off. I mean, it's it's not something you just yeah. The ears were torn off down to the bone. <sighs> just, oh. Now, yeah, I don't want to meet that creature. Yeah, exactly. You know, and something something at that time was roaming the Fraser land. And it had a taste for blood. Oh. Well, we're going to have to bring you back on, Philip, because like I said before, we're terrible. We can't get through anything. We, we have no direction whatsoever <laughs> here. And we generally need to be removed from the planet. It's but that's a whole true. different point. Uh, we'd love to have you come back on, but though, and talk about some more stuff, Philip. That'd be great if we could, we could get you back on. Oh, yes. I've been a shadow chaser for many years. And maybe some night we could just talk ghosts. Yeah, oh, whatever my. you want to do. We, I, I want uh, What about October? Do we Phillip talk Spencer? ghosts yeah. on this show? On ghostly talk, I don't think so. <laughs> we just complain. I, and, uh, I, I think, think that was another show. Yeah, that was. Another, <laughs> that's no, a show that's good. Yeah, we talk that's about, that's we talk about every show. Here. This is the other show. Philip, hang on the line. Don't leave us just yet. Just hang on the line for one second, Philip. The, okay, sure. The Thank book you. is "The Wild Man of Kentucky: The Mystery of Panther Rock." Uh, there's a corresponding DVD. Yeah. Philip Spencer's website: www www.philipspencer.net P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-P-E-N-C-E-R.net Of course, that'll be permanently linked up at ghostlytalk.com. Coming up next, Larry Arnold. This is going to be... I've been waiting years to get this guy on the show. I'm not kidding you. And for your birthday... I, yeah, ironically enough, he, your dream he, he, has come true. So Larry Larry Arnold coming up next on Ghostly Talk. For more info, visit ghostlytalk.com. Do you feel like there's something happening in your home or business? Something you can't explain? Do you think that whatever is happening seems to be paranormal? Do they exist? Florida Ghost Hunters at FloridaGhostHunters.com are looking for haunted locations throughout Central Florida. Let the team at Florida Ghost Hunters investigate your paranormal experience. Their mission is to disprove a haunting with science to find a reasonable explanation to a problem, and whatever is left becomes evidence. FloridaGhostHunters.com If you've experienced paranormal activity in your home or business, you are urged to visit FloridaGhostHunters.com and click Need Help. (gasps) FloridaGhostHunters.com Hi, this is Luke. And this is Tobin from Quest Research. Hey, Tobin, what do you get when four guys with absolutely no video experience whatsoever 
decide to produce their own online paranormal TV show? I don't know what. Oh, wait. I do know. Ghost Diaries, right? That's right. You can check us out and get involved at www.questresearch.net. And the good thing about being new is that we will only get better. Michigan with the good folks from the Ghostly Talk. Ooh, this place is creepy, man, but nowhere near as creepy as Wolfman Max Nightmare Cinema. It's a haunted drive-in, babies. And you know what we do there? We host classic B horror and sci-fi movies, just like the ones you grew up with when you was a kid. And it's at Wolfman Max Nightmare Cinema right now, hosting on public access TV all over Metro Detroit. But guess what, kiddies? It's coming to you, and all you got to do is have a computer. Just go to Wolfman Max Nightmare Cinema. It's NightmareCinema.com. We'll be broadcasting the show real soon, right from the website. Stay tuned. It's Wolfman Mac Nightmare Cinema. Bye.
When you flashed, I saw what looked like a figure standing in the hall. Okay, this is green team. We're ready for EVP sweep. That is weird. These cameras don't do this. Water supposedly will come off and on in various rooms. It's like our EMF meter started to skip the You're listening to the number one source for paranormal evidence brought to you firsthand by real investigators in the field. No hoaxes, no disinformation. You're listening to The Ghost Project. I found myself face to face with someone or something that was attempting to play with my psyche as well as my physical being. How sure are you of that? I'm 100% sure of that. And now for the man of many announcements. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it rolling here tonight because we didn't get a, we we blew our first hour with just <laughs> so we yeah, got we, we got we got to supplement it through the show this week. Um, we have a winner for the contest. Excellent. I am not going to name names. I don't want to get sued, but we have a winner. Thank you Congratulations. all. Thank you all for con- uh, sending emails and all that stuff. Uh, but you lost. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the winner does already know who they are. I saw. Yeah, them, yeah. I, so thank congratulations to you. You have a brand spanking new EVP post mortem uh, canticles. And of I've touched CD. it, so it's, yeah, it's really important now. Yeah, it's better than an autograph. Did you <laughs> did you read this introduction for Larry's introduction? Why, did you read it? Yeah. It, it it's it's a tongue twister. I wish me luck. Well, it's, it's, it's a challenge luck, for you guys. It'll be a challenge. These, there's like definitely some uh, 25 cent and 50 cent words in here. Ready? Go for it. Larry E. Arnold redirected a background in engineering to explore the unconventional. Mm-hmm. Recognized internationally for his pioneering research in Fortiana, phenomena that challenged the or, challenges orthodoxy, mm-hmm. he is regarded as the leading authority on spontaneous human combustion. One of the unsung coolest topics, I think. Oh, maybe absolutely. Under the paranormal. Yeah. Uh, his investigation of SHC spans a quarter century in yes. several continents. Larry is uh, the author of three books. And he has been featured on hundreds of radio shows uh, and many television programs in the U.S., Canada, and Great Britain. Yes. The website, www.parascience.com, P-A-R-A-Science.com. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it will be permanently linked up in the guest section of uh, GhostlyTalk.com. Yes. Yes. We would like to very, very... Uh, uh, warm-heartedly uh, welcome Larry Arnold. And I didn't mean that. I did not mean that to be a warm-heartedly. I mean, that's just like really lame. That was a real bad pun. There. That was Larry, the worst pun ever. I did. I thought about it after I said it. <laughs> we want to welcome Larry Arnold to Ghostly Talk. 
Good evening, folks. Your pun is forgiven. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I did not see, mean it. See, our job here with the is as, as, as host of the show, Larry, <laughs> is suck. you know, it, it's really no. In we all seriousness, well. it's, it's a trample all over each other as much as possible apparently <laughs> tonight. So watch out for that, Larry. I gotta say, I gotta say this publicly. I've been really wanting to tackle this subject on the show for a number of years, and I've also wanted to have you, you know, as as the main proponent of spontaneous human combustion. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a number of years. So it's a real honor to talk to you here and really get into this subject. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, you're welcome. It's our pleasure. Hopefully we'll entertain you and your listeners for the next hour or so on what we believe is one of the most fascinating, unsung, and most difficult and challenging of all 14 subjects to investigate. And, you know, I yeah. agree. And here, here's the thing, Larry. Yeah. I, I've been studying for, studying, uh, you know, paranormal and uh, parasciences for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And, well, since I was a teenager. And, of course, I've run across spontaneous human combustion. It's 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 a it's a chapter in many books. It's uh, the subject of many books. It's it was written up in you know you see a newspaper article here. Yep. You see uh, nowadays you see it on TV there. I think I even remember something on PBS way 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 back. Yeah, yeah. and we're talking thirty years ago or something. Mm-hmm. So so it, it it is something that I've you know seen it's not it's not technically one of my topics that mm-hmm. i follow though so it but well, i i have been exposed to it so i imagine i'm yeah. like a lot of people interested but i just don't know where to go with with it i i'm kind of scared of it well you what what let's just to get it out there because i think some people may be going wow this is a lot to take in as far as just the name itself what is spontaneous human combustion Always best to start with the definition that way everybody knows exactly what's being discussed. Yeah. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Spontaneous human combustion is the phenomenon and process whereby a person can smoke, blister, or otherwise combust in the absence of contact with a known, identifiable, nearby external ignition source or burn agent. Okay. That is, it happens in the absence of contact with a flame or caustic chemicals or radioactive material, or high amperage, or nearby radiant heat. Okay, and that, and just to, to flesh that out too, I think the people who may have some exposure to this think it's just like people just burst into flames and just burn. I mean, it's not just that. I mean, it's it, it don't have to be a three alarm fire, right? It, it can be any sort of things. I mean, people just would start have had. There's been stories I've seen where people just like parts of their bodies would just start to burn for no reason whatsoever. They didn't die as a result of it, but they just had you know they burned in one area of their body. I think what people see the the people who have studied this lately just see those photos of just the and legs. And those great phenomenal, like, cases where there's yeah. just the legs in front of the chair kind of thing. Yeah. That is, I mean, it's all sorts of things, though. It isn't under just, like, somebody just bursting into flames and just, like, dying, right? You're, you're quite right. When we began our research into this subject seriously back in the um, early 70s, the consensus that at that time in, in, in the popular literature and, indeed, in the scientific literature and the medical literature of the day was that spontaneous human combustion was always... Um, a pile of powder once having been a human being. Mm-hmm. And as we've um, pursued our research over the last several decades, we found that while that what, that is what we call classic spontaneous human combustion, but it yeah. takes on many, many different forms. In fact, most likely you yourself and certainly most of your listeners have experienced spontaneous human combustion themselves. We have um, in the context of being burned by sun. Now, by definition that we've just given you, sunburn is SHC. You're not in contact with a nearby radiant heat source. You haven't touched electrical outlets. 
you haven't been um, exposed to high amperage, you haven't been exposed to a caustic chemical, and yet your, your skin will, will turn red, which is a first-degree burn. Uh-huh. It could even blister, which is a second-degree burn. So for those people who are adamantly refusing to accept the reality of spontaneous human combustion, all they have to do is realize that if anybody has been sunburned, that person's experienced spontaneous human combustion and survived. Here's a question for you. Um, what about high stress, high blood pressure? I know that there's times, like recently, where I've gotten really upset with something and I could actually feel my face get warm. Mm-hmm. Is Would that be an example of spontaneous human combustion also? Um. If, if your skin doesn't turn, you know, first-degree burn red well, or doesn't do blister, no, no, by definition, that okay. would not be spontaneous human combustion. However, um, you're getting into a, a very arcane area here that, that might relate to spontaneous combustion in a broader sense. Uh-huh. Um, the thing that causes the body's temperature to suddenly increase, mm-hmm. women and some men who go under, you know, like menopausal-like conditions, you could be hitting at something that might lead to spontaneous human combustion. Well, because, I mean, in some of the cases that we've read, and I know Doug and I have both looked, you know, read and talked about maybe, uh, you know, in conversation, uh, a lot a lot of the cases from what we've seen, and like I said, I, this is just a layman talking right now, so correct me if I say anything dumb. Uh, some of the cases we've seen, a lot of these people, their first rate, they were overweight, they were, they were heavy people, right? Um, uh, that was one of the, the ones that went through there. Now, they were smokers. Smoking, usually, but, yeah. But, you know, that, you're saying that this and that spontaneous human combustion, again, isn't, it's a result of an, uh, of, uh, it's, it's, bur- it's flames, it's, you know, it's burning as a result of no source, though, which a cigarette, you know, that's, that's a, that's a flame, that's a heat source, right? But I, I've seen that, you know, it seems like people that were overweight, which that obviously, you know, it's not healthy, right? And it leads to high blood pressure and things like that. I kind of thought that that may have been something that may have been related somehow, which it may be, it may be not, obviously. Uh, people bursting in the flames like that, I guess. I mean, I was just, I wanted to find that out of the high blood pressure thing because it happens to me often. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I don't think you're under suspicion yeah. uh, or under SHC watch. Yeah, like, yeah. No, there's no, like, warning or watch level for, for you to burst into flames. Yeah. Uh, not yeah, yet. Don't, don't be watching over me. Yeah. So, but they, that's something I noticed that there was a lot, it was heavier people and things like that, and I kind of attribute is, that. Is that, is that entirely true? Because, I mean, you, I see the, you know, I, I've seen the, the literature, some of the literature, not all of it, but I've seen the, the big cases, and, and usually that's what they, they say, oh, the person was smoking and they were way overweight. Yeah, let us let us go through what was once believed had to be present in order to spontaneous human combustion to even begin to occur. Okay. Back in the 17 and early 1800s, in the medical community, if you pardon the expression, hotly debated subject, uh-huh. they explained <laughs> that all victims, there you go, there's our pun for the evening, all victims <laughs> had to be elderly, they had to be senile, they had to be sedentary, they had to be corpulent, i.e. overweight, um, they had to be alcoholics. And undoubtedly smoking or otherwise drinking and in the presence of, of, of a situation that would lead to a careless smoking mishap. Uh-huh. Our research has found that all those conditions do not need to be present in the victim. While some people are indeed overweight, corpulent, senile, sedentary, and smokers, others are underweight, thin, almost emaciated, non-smokers, teetotalers, and perhaps as young as six weeks old, uh-huh. perhaps as old as 114 years. Oh, wow. Um, it was claimed also that all victims at one time had to be female. That is not the case. In our database of, of now almost 500 cases that fit the definition of classic or abnormal spontaneous human combustion events, um, 
gender-wise, 50% are female, 47% are male, and history simply doesn't tell us the gender of the other 3%, but basically 50-50 down the middle. Okay. All right, so, mm. yeah, well, I, like, that covers, that pretty much covers the whole board, then. I mean, this isn't just... Exactly. I mean, it can happen, happen to anybody. By demographics, almost anyone is a potential candidate to experience spontaneous human combustion. That said, we have to stress also that this is an extraordinarily rare event. You're much more likely to be struck by lightning, perhaps even multiple times, than you are to experience spontaneous human combustion once, other mm. than the con- other than the broad context of, of being burned by by solar radiation. Okay, all right. Let me ask you this, though, let me, if I may, Larry. Um, concerning this, I mean, this field, I mean, you've been doing this for a very long time. Um, do you think this may be, I mean, you have obviously a, a database of all these cases and stuff like that. I mean, do you think this may be some type of, of myth or, I mean, do you believe this really, really happens to people, I mean, as far as spontaneous human combustion is concerned? Well, certainly if you accept our definition of, of, of the phenomenon, and allow that to embrace sunburn, then clearly it's not a myth. But beyond that, in, in the classic sense of yeah. spontaneous combustion, um, we could we could fill the rest of this hour with with quotations by experts in the fire science field who mm-hmm. say that spontaneous combustion is a myth, a superstition, uh, something born of medieval ignorance, um, a perpetuation on the stain of science and professionalism of fire analysis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that's been claimed of our research, all that has been claimed of spontaneous human combustion in general, we don't accept a bit of it. All that is bunk. Spontaneous human combustion is mm. real. It is a bona fide fact. It is a true Fortean anomaly and something that cries out for understanding and study and explanation. Just a simple case in point from our book Ablaze back mm-hmm. in April of 1980, a young child named Tong Xiang in China uh, four years of age at the time, was rushed to a hospital after having burned a one-inch square hole in two layers of his clothing. While in the hospital, under the watch of physicians, he spontane- spontaneously ignited four times in the next 120 minutes. His right hand, his armpits, his genitals were burned, according to a Chinese newspaper. Oh. Um, so right there, you accept that, you obviously must accept spontaneous human combustion. Um, clearly, the young gentleman in this case survived, but we have, as you've alluded to in, our, in the kind introduction you gave to us, mm-hmm. the other extreme, which is classic spontaneous human combustion, um, by definition, by historical precedent, in which the body is, is consumed almost completely to powder, burned more thoroughly than can be achieved under normal operating conditions in a crematorium retort, yeah. and yet surrounding combustibles that have much more easily attain combustion ignition points, mm-hmm. newspapers, linens, oil-based linoleum flooring, for example, mm-hmm. even paint that should blister under under moderately heat, extreme heat, all those materials escape significant fire and heat damage. Yeah. And the body itself, in the midst of all that combustible material, um, is consumed by some energy that appears to be fire, um, right down to the bone, including the bone and skeleton, to powder. Yeah, and, and that's what the weirdest thing is, though, Larry, and we've seen all, we've Doug and I know we've looked at a lot of these photos, and it's just the most, you just said, like, you know, there'll be just one concentrated area where the body was, that there's powder now. And there's things all around that there may aren't be a little, even, t- there could be a flower in a vase right next to them on the table. And it don't get burned, the paint don't get burned, fine. nothing gets any smoke or fire damage whatsoever, except for this one little area where the person may have been sitting at. And uh, that just is really scary. 
Yeah. We, 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 handed, we handed photographs of, of some of those classic cases to physicians, to medical examiners. Um, one, one particular case comes to mind and immediately, a Dr. Lester Adelson out of Ohio mm-hmm. looked at those photographs and immediately declared them to be, be hoaxes. Now, this is a gentleman who'd actually written critically about spontaneous human combustion in the medical literature. He said these, these photographs are hoaxes. And the question put to him was, well, Dr. Adelson, how can you say that? Uh-huh. Why do you determine that these photographs in your hands are hoaxes? He said, because people don't burn like this. Therefore, these photographs have to be hoaxes. Hmm. Well, that isn't well we, knew, case, we knew who so. took the photographs that were handed to him. Uh, they were newspaper editors. They were professional fire photographers. They were not hoaxes. They've been proven to be bona fide representations of real, actual fire scene fatalities. Well, it, so, al- it always comes back. to deal with the facts of yeah. the evidence that is presented to you. Well, it always comes back to this stuff. When, it, when with any of these occur, with, with types of occurrences within this stuff, I mean, you're gonna. It seems that we hear this a photo of sort, evidence of sort. I mean, you're always gonna have someone that's gonna take away from it and say, no, it's a complete hoax, right? And my question always comes. I mean, you know, I'm not sold on everything myself. I mean, there's there's you know we have to ask questions. That's what it's all about, I think. But really? I, you know, I think. You know, what does, would somebody have to, you know, in a case like, you know, from the early 80s, the 70s, whatever, maybe, what would they have to gain, really, by putting out hoax? Fo- I mean, I'm just, I would like to know if, they, if it's a hoax, that's fine. Why would it be a hoax? What would they have to gain? I mean, it seems like somebody would have to have something to gain to put that time and effort into that. That's my question to that. One would think so, and we would put the same question to those who posit that premise to to debunk, to, to dismiss, or otherwise demean the concept of spontaneous human combustion. Uh, the case of Mary Weezer back in 1951, July of that year in St. Petersburg, Florida, 175-pound mm-hmm. widow, uh, living alone at the time, but in an apartment building with her landlady at the other end of the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, the morning of July 2nd, her body was found behind a, um, a warm-to-the-touch doorknob, to have been consumed to a pile of powder, which included the the chair in which she sat, all of which weighed about seven to eight pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, surrounding daybed linens, piles of newspapers, other furniture in the room had escaped the inferno that consumed Mrs. Weezer right down to the flooring. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, this was a a, a fiercely investigated subject or, or, or case because the officials initially were completely bumfuddled. Yeah. They looked for accelerants. They f- could find none. They looked for foul play. They could find none. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was positive that she had been the victim of a crime, um, an arson murder, if you will, wherein the perpetrators had broken into her apartment, killed the poor lady, taken her body out, burned it outside the apartment, and then brought the ashes back and insulted the apartment to cover up the crime. I mean, does that make sense to you? That's too much effort to put into something. And yet that was the extent to which the case was both investigated and the attempts being made to dismiss it as anything other than what some of the investigators finally came to the conclusion it had to be in the absence of any other reasonable assessment, and that was spontaneous human combustion. Mm. We talked to one of the firemen who actually shoveled her ashes out of of her sitting room, and he, he, he told us, you know, it, it, it just had to be spontaneous human combustion. There wasn't anything else left that could explain how she died in the circumstances in which she did. Well, here's my question about the, these classic cases especially. Mm-hmm. I've had... I've been set on fire accidentally a couple times. And we, I, think we've, I think we've all. I mean, I, hey, I'm in, I've been wild, I, crazy party. I played days. in metal yeah. bands. You know, it happens. Yeah. Did, it, did it hurt? Well, well, I mean, I 
I've had clothes set on fire. You know, when you're at a cookout, sometimes accidents happen. I've never asked for it or you know, dumped kerosene in my leg and said, here, flame on, guys. No, I've, it's been an accident. But th- my point of it is that when but it happens... But there are people who can do that. Like, you can f- you can fill up your hand, your yeah, clothes yeah, boom, with, with we, butane yeah. and then go poof and it yeah. makes a... You know, but it doesn't, that doesn't hurt or anything. <laughs> it just happens. Well, my point was, though, is that when it's happened to me, the first thing I've done is went, Wah! and I just like <laughs> went and started. No, I'm serious. I, I started true. Yeah. batting it out, and I'm rolling around, or I'm acting like a complete nut because I'm scared. Fire is scary. It can harm uh-huh. you. It can burn you. Now, a lot of these cases we've just talked about, they just find this pile of ash, right? It seems like to right. me if somebody was to spontaneously combust and they set on fire or they combust, right? And they notice, hey, I'm on fire. This really sucks. It seems like they would react the same way that anybody would and react start to fire. Screaming well, and, and jumping around the room. Sit there and take it. Yeah, right. right? You're going to start the, screaming and moving and jumping up and down, or, and or stop, trying to roll. roll. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, they would. And, and, and in the process of that, they knock over chairs. They knock over tables. They'd probably burn other things in the room. They might set other stuff on fire in the room. Right? There's. It, it just seems like they just set on fire. And, and they're they, gone. And they just burn, and they don't move a muscle for some reason. That is just. And I, could you? Could we talk about? I mean, have you heard anything yeah, about does, this idea, does that, Larry? Does that mean that it happens so quickly yeah. that they can't react, or or yeah. do they? It, is is the beginning stage of it like a paralysis? Yeah. I mean, how come there isn't any of the commotion you would you would expect with uh, an emergency? Right. You've made a very astute observation, and clearly you've seen some of the programs that have featured us in our research on a number of, of, of the television programs that yes. we've done, one of which aired yesterday on, on the BIOS channel, by the way. Um, I haven't watched them in a while. Our, 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 <laughs> our answer <laughs> to that is twofold. Yeah. The reason we, we don't see indications of screaming, writhing, crashing around objects in the room is, is A, either the process is so quick that the people don't have time to react physically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or B, and, and evidence strongly supports this contention, as well as the rapidity of the fire in some of these instances, that being that the process, whatever it is, that incinerates the body from within, um, basically circumvents or decouples the nervous system so that these people are not experiencing the kind of horrific, agonizing pain and shock that you would commonsensically expect one to yeah. in the presence of a fire that is consuming their body. Okay. All right, so basically, I mean, they could just go into shock. They could, and that's the things. I mean, I thought of too, but it's you know, it you know, maybe they just get paralyzed by something. Something mm-hmm. paralyzes them; they can't move, and they, well, they may not even feel it. They may go, "Okay, well, this is the end." Well, well one of the things that we deal with as as ghost hunters is mm-hmm. people reporting, you know, uh, sleep paralysis, and then when yeah. they, they wake mm-hmm. up, they're completely paralyzed, and then the old hag comes in yeah. and sits on their chest. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. that's the old hag syndrome. So there, there is indeed a physical like known yeah the thing, thing that, that happens to the body in that it can get paralyzed it yeah. can paralyze itself somewhere i know we, we did we pass our break no we didn't pass our break oh, no, okay. we're, we're, we're fine we're fine but no i think that was really important to point that out at least discuss it because that's the one thing i noticed though obviously in these photos we've seen is that these people just seem it just seemed like i you know in my mind i was just like somebody's sitting there watching tv or or laying somewhere or doing something and they just go boom 
That's what it looks like <laughs> by, from, yeah. from the firemen photos or from the police photos. That's pretty much exactly what it looks like. We're going to talk more about this after the break. Larry, hang okay. on tight for, for us for one second, okay? Uh, spontaneous human combustion. Uh, I've been, I, and I'm so happy to be talking about this because I think this is a really important subject. It's a, it's a very interesting subject too. And it's, it's really, it's one of these ones that, you know, it's not a widely accepted thing. We're going to talk some more about that too after the break also. This is Ghostly Talk. I'm Scott Al. And I'm Doug. And I'm Bonnie. We'll be right back after this. Miss a live broadcast? Feel free to download it direct from the on-demand archives at ghostlytalk.com. Powerhub Radio. The Internet's only rock and roll paranormal extravaganza. Special guest with us, Robbie Thomas, psychic medium. Where is the Lawrence it was, House? It's in Ontario, Canada. It is a house that was owned by a shipbuilder. And it was haunted. The tools of the trade back then were baby powder. The reason being is I could see and the kids with me couldn't. So I figured if I threw the baby powder in the air as the spirit was walking through, it would cover it, and then they could say, oh, we see it now. The next tool was a flashlight, so we know where we're going, and a rope, so we could tie it around so we don't get taken away by the spirit. So that hey, was Anthony, just, isn't that what your last girlfriend said? <laughs> that's just, that's a, just a Friday night for Anthony. Baby powder, a rope, and a flashlight. Para <laughs> Hub Radio, Thursdays, 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern, on Bounce Radio and Parahub.org. Do you want to dive into the bizarre world of the paranormal? Do ghosts, UFOs, or the supernatural amaze you to the point of wanting to learn more? Then you need BVRN, the Black Vault Radio Network. With more than 750 hours of on-demand talk radio, syndicated for more than 35 shows, the Black Vault Radio Network is your one-stop shop for the world of the unexplained. Check us out and tune in 24 hours a day, www.blackvaultradio.com. Again, that's www.blackvaultradio.com.
What are we made of? Why do I get sick? How can I live a more balanced and whole life? These are just a few of the questions explored each week by naturopath, medical intuitive, and clairvoyant, Dr. Rita Louise on Just Energy Radio. Explore your possibilities every Friday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Join us at JustEnergyRadio.com. on this for a second. This is good stuff. Speaking of which. No, 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 wait. I have to do the intro for you. Okay, go ahead. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. That's it's it. It's Scott L. It's Scott L with another announcement. Wanted to thank all the great independent bands that uh, su- uh, supplied us with our wonderful music tonight. Uh, I talked about uh, Diane DiStasio for the first break. We did uh, about 6.30 there. Uh, Exciter. A band I grew up listening to. Wow. Blistering Records. Thanks, guys, for sending us out that great tune, The Punisher by Exciter. I used to listen to those guys on my paper route when I was a teenager. That shows you how old and good they are. Right? Yes. Um, also, uh, Fester Feelies, Grudge Magic, really cool tune uh, there a little while ago. And finally, the song that you just heard, the band called After Them, I've Been Told, Jungle. it's a jungle version. That's why it sounds so weird. Oh, okay. And, and stuff like that. But it's yeah, thank you guys out there. Freaky for awesome. All the bands that have been submitting music to us, we really appreciate it. And we're going to get them all on there for you guys. Keep them coming. We and really of course, appreciate it. Uh, Bonnie Vent. This is an independent show. We deal with independent bands. This is what we do here. Uh, and that's how it's always going to be. And I independently want to go to www.parascience.com. That's P-A-R-A-S-C-I-E-N-C-E.com. That is Larry Arnold's website. It describes what we're talking about. We're talking about spontaneous human combustion. Yeah. We're trying to get our our minds wrapped around it because we've seen the pictures. This stuff is insane. Crazy, man. And if you've studied any kind of... Uh, you know, literature on paranormal experiences, there's usually at least a, a, a couple pages to a chapter in a book on uh, spontaneous human combustion. Um, and, and we're learning a lot more. We're learning also that not only it's not just what you see in those no. quick, you know, uh, quick like chapter worth thing. Well, the classic you see the classic ones where, you know, a pile of ash with some legs in front of it. Or, you know, you, you, it's it, it could be something even just like a sunburn because that is... You did get burned, and you weren't touching any, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anything that would accelerate, uh, you know, accelerate or or even fire. You you weren't touching anything. You were just standing there, and you got burned. Uh-huh. So there, it, there's a, a wide range of this kind of stuff. Yeah, it isn't just you know, like like we said the classic stuff that we've referred. That, that I think a lot of people get interested in this stuff by, but it's it's like you said sunburns and all types of weird things. But the one thing I have to ask you, Larry, though, is you know. This isn't uh, this isn't a really widely accepted thing, uh, from what I understand. I mean, there is a lot of opposition opposition that uh, declare this may be true Fordian phenomena, right? Why do you think there is this opposition? Oh, there's a huge amount of opposition to the concept of spontaneous human combustion and, and to our research with it. Um, as you said earlier, um, before the, the the bottom of the hour uh-huh. break. Um, it's, it's been declared a fairy tale. It's been declared myth. It's been declared superstition. Basically, the, it, it comes down to invoking the five Ds. It's disbelief, derision, disgust, disavow, denial, and debunking. That's how mainstream science, that's how the, the 
quote-unquote skeptics deal with, with the subject of spontaneous human combustion. Mm -hmm. Why is that? You alluded to one reason earlier, and that is fear. People are afraid of fire, and the yeah. concept of someone being able to catch fire internally and burn without warning, without notice, um, apparently being unable to do anything about it once it begins is horrifically frightening to many people. Yeah. Beyond that, it's just we believe it's also um, this, this, the, su the subject of Spawncom invokes xenophobia in a lot of people. That is fear of the unknown. Um, not fear that it could happen to them per se, but it's just the intellectual fear of this concept being real. I mean, how do you deal with it? How do yeah. you explain it? That's one of the things that has kept us interested in the subject for more than three decades. We mm -hmm. believe, as you said, category categorically that SHC is indeed a real phenomenon. The question now becomes, how does it happen? Why does it happen? Where does it happen? Can it be prevented? Can people's lives be saved once we understand what is going on here? There raises a lot of really intriguing questions for us that we wish mainstream fire science would get involved with trying to understand and answer as well. Mm -hmm. Well, more cases I want, if we can get into these two, if you don't mind. I mean, sure. we've thrown a lot of, I think we've thrown a lot of theory around, a lot of, you know, a lot of ideas so far, but, you know, if there, if there's, if there's a couple of cases that you might, you know, well, that you could. Yeah, because yeah, I enjoyed hearing uh, the case about the yeah, the little yeah. boy who, who, you know, was in the hospital when and and just boom and well <laughs> and, and blow up several but, you know. times, but but yet he lived and and I also enjoyed hearing the uh, the the case of uh, you know the the famous one where the, you know the lady oh yeah just and Mary Reeser yeah okay yeah, that's yeah. Mary Reeser uh, you know I the the cases are are as, as fascinating as the theory so well yeah and I, a and case that, or two would be interesting well and also to illustrate that this you know it isn't just a myth I mean this is something that really happens to people right I do you right. have a couple cases. Oh, we can give you scores and scores and scores. Of cases. <laughs> the, the, the one that we first read about when we got into when we got introduced to this phenomenon was that of Mary Reeser. We read about her when we were in junior high school back in the sixties. Yeah, the case that 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 we became aware of that really grabbed our attention you know, and excited our curiosity and said, "My God, this is nothing that we've ever seen any of the forensic journals that we've studied up to this point." was the flaming fate that befell Dr. John Irving Bentley in northern Pennsylvania in December of 1966. This is the classic case of spontaneous human combustion that just about anybody who knows anything about the subject knows of now. Okay. Probably, probably becoming the most famous case of planning that of Mary Reeser. Dr. Bentley was a 92-year-old physician, well-beloved in the community, community of Cowdersport, um, not overweight, actually quite emaciated, Mm -hmm. On the morning of December 5 of 1966, his ashen remains were found by a meter reader in the basement of his home on North Main Street in Cowdersport. How we know there was a human body in those ashes was that he left one half of one leg lying tangential to the hole in his bathroom floor through which the rest of his body immolated. Yeah, and we've seen that one before. Yep. That's the photograph that he, he was an invalid. He used an aluminum walker to move through his two-room apartment. That walker was lying askew atop the hole. Mm -hmm. We were at the fire scene. Um, by the time we got there, the hole in the floor had been patched over, but everything else was intact as it had been left by the firefighters in 1966, including the bathtub that was just above one edge of the hole through which Dr. Bentley's body burned. Uh -huh. That bathtub had been painted with enamel paint. The paint did not even blister. There was no heat or scarring damage to the ceiling overhead. There was a low ceiling. We could touch it with our outstretched arm. The first responders to Dr. Bentley's fire scene were completely 
befuddled. The, the true nature of the case was not even revealed to Dr. Bentley's son, who only discovered the strange way in which his father transitioned when he saw us discussing the case in mm-hmm. 1980, it was, on, on a program called That's Incredible for ABC. Yeah. I, I, that was when that case was basically introduced to the world, uh-huh. and it's become the quintessential poster boy for SpawnCom ever since, probably. One of the one of the amazing characteristics at that fire scene, it was also present at the Reeser fire scene, was the absence of noxious burned flesh odor. Uh, Don Gosnell, the meter reader who discovered the fire scene, said that when he entered the home of Dr. Bentley, there was a sweet, redolent odor in the atmosphere of the apartment. Now we've heard that said again and again by first responders at these amazing fire scenes. There's another case that received a lot of attention that we discovered and, and devote another chapter in our book of Blaze to, and that is the case of Helen Conway, also here in Pennsylvania back in 1964. She was found um, on a Sunday morning in November of that year, burned basically to nothing other than two legs propped up against the front of the chair in which she had been seated. Now, what is so astonishing about this case, beyond the extent of burn damage to the body, and again, the, the absence of any kind of noxious odor at the fire scene was the time element. The, the disbelievers in spontaneous human combustion will invariably invoke the wick theory to explain away not having to deal with SpawnCom itself. And that theory basically is this. The human body is an inverted candle. The, the clothing of the victim is the wick, and the fat, the adipose tissue inside the victim is the, is the tallow wax of the candle. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've once, heard about, we've read once, about this actually, yeah. Right. Once, once the, the wick or the clothing is ignited by an external ignition source, drop cigarette most likely, the body will, will rise, or the, the clothing will cause the, the heat of combustion to reach the, the point where the, the fat in the body of the victim will begin to render out, becoming the fuel for the fire. Mm. There's been, we've attempted this experiment, we cannot get it to work. Um, this, this experiment has been attempted many times on television, notably by one forensic scientist named John DeHaan. He has failed miserably four times to get it to come anywhere close to replicating a classic spontaneous human combustion fire scene, and yet he stands by his theory, even mm. though the theory has been able, unable to, to replicate and improve. Back to the Conway case, what makes it so dramatic and so belies even trying to invoke the Wick theory is the time element in which she had to incinerate her body. We spoke to the first responders, the fire chief, the deputy fire marshal, and the fire fire photographer who later became the fire marshal for that jurisdiction. All three gentlemen affirmed to us categorically and without equivocation that at most Mrs. Conway had 21 minutes from the time that she was known to be alive until they arrived to find a fire that basically they did not have to put out. Mm -hmm. That time of 21 minutes when we spoke uh, at length with the fire photographer included the time that it took him to run back from the fire scene, get his camera, come back to the fire scene, have the smoke ejected, and begin taking photographs. When you subtract that time from the 21 minutes that the fire chief told us was the maximum time allowable, then you're down to six minutes. Oh, wow. So six minutes to burn, basically and, what you're saying, the, the, the whole body. But it also the it it also burned itself out completely. Yeah, it, I mean, it because ran out of an you, accelerant. It ran out. It ran out of whatever. You, the, you said, Larry, that they that they didn't have to well, put it out. Pretty much so. Um, in the Wick experiments that John DeHaan is attempting for television, he's he's repeatedly um, burned, almost burned down the burn chamber itself. Um, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. have a localized self-extinguishing combustion fire. 
he has a, a roaring inferno that is about to go flashover. In one of the television shows that he and we participated in, the show was actually quite dishonest. And um, what was depicted on the show for the Wick experiment was a localized blaze on a chair, and then Mr. DeHaan comes back on camera and says, look, the fire's out, localized you know, combustion scene. Just the kind of thing that Larry Arnold um, labels spontaneous human combustion. Look, I've proven I'm wrong. Well, what was not shown on the on air was what we got from the director's cut, uh-huh. which is a few, which included a few seconds of very embarrassing footage. That is, the room was going almost flashover. There was a roaring inferno that had to be extinguished by fire suppression equipment. Now, we don't get those situations or that situation at scenes of classic spontaneous human combustion. So the Wick experiment so far has failed miserably, and it's been it's been stood by and defended dishonestly. If you can't if you can't be honest with the experiment, then don't 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 say the experiment works. And, and look, I look. I completely agree with that. When, Good. <laughs> is there a is there a way like is there a cosmic ray or could somebody? have invented a ray gun, maybe the secret ops of the military. (laughs) I mean, because a lot of this, Larry, I mean, we've seen this before in sci-fi movies. We see disintegrator guns. Disintegrate. And that's kind of what this looks like. It's kind of... It's an idea. ...leering. I mean, is there a ray of any kind that could do this to a human body that might just zing through 500 times in, in a couple of hundred years? Actually, yes. Oh. <laughs> um, the, gov- the government right now has the technology. They, they've they shifted overseas, whereby they can control crowds by by blasting them at distance with basically a sonic ray gun that that internally heats the body to the point where the the rioter, the the malcontent, the insurgent um, can't deal with it and and has to drop back. We have cases in our book ablaze where, where um, hang gliders, for example, have flown be- in in uh, microwave radiations from PayPal radar units, and they've been burned. Now, in this case, we know what caused the spontaneous human combustion, but at the time that they experienced it, certainly they were unaware that they were flying into a high-intensity microwave beam. Um, They just knew that their bodies spontaneously burned. You know, and I've heard there's other, and this may be related in some way, in the Montauk case, and the, and the story yes. is a Montauk. Yes. They talk about, um, you know, the dish. The, I don't know if you've ever heard of Montauk before, Larry, or not. Uh, but uh, the the giant radar dish they had there. They said that that, that, that you know, it, this is all, you know, you can't prove any of it. I mean, it's, it's theory like anything else is. But they said, theoretically, one of the things they were using that dish for when Montauk was operational was that the that dish was basically, you know, uh, uh, they were just pushing out massive just signals. Amounts of signals and energy yeah, and, 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 and mind control Yeah, well, mind right? control experiments. And what they said they would do to some people, like Al Bielik, for example, who was involved with this thing, he said he didn't want to do it no more. And they said, look, you're going to keep working. And he said no. So they said, okay, fine. And they slapped him right in front of this thing and just gave him like a full blast of it. And he said basically what that he's like, he said he survived that, but normally what that would do to people, and like I said, this is just theory again, he's like it would literally heat your brain up and fry your brain where you would still function but you'd be pretty much a vegetable afterwards i mean it would just shut you down um you know so there are these things out there that can internally heat the body i guess uh, just by you may not even see them for god's sake i don't know what a sonic ray looks like i've never seen one for real can people see these things coming at them larry most likely not unless you have um sensitivity to radiation beyond the normal ocular range no you would not see it 
Okay. Interesting. I mean, and yeah, I mean, yeah, we're getting out here a little bit, but that they do come back. It does come back to this thing. Like, what could be the explanation for these things that happen? Well, the only thing that, uh, yeah, in invisible rays. I mean, it it, it can maybe these people made somebody mad in the well, government, and they said, "Oh, you got to get rid of you, buddy." You know? <laughs> well, when I, I put know. when I put my food in the in the microwave, I can't. I, you can't see I the just, microwave. Yeah, yeah, I just see it cooking. Well, is is it? Is it still as rare? I mean, because now we're in the modern age, right? Where, where <laughs> one, one would hope. Yeah, we're in the modern <laughs> age. Well, sure. of course, by definition. I mean, yeah. you know, even the 1950s were the modern age in the 1950s. But yeah. I mean, I mean, we're in the modern era of internet and computers, and I, I can dash off an email or, uh, that goes around the world in, a, in, you know, faster than I can blink my eye. Um, you know, I, I can stay in constant contact with everybody. I can text anybody on the planet that has a, a uh, one of those. Yeah. I mean, we're we're, we're we're in communications age, so I'm wondering has has the reporting of oh, such I know kinds yeah. of events this is good picked up with the communications or or is it still equally as rare? Meaning that it was it was so bizarre that every case got reported. Well, we know from our research, we just know from intellectual reasoning that not every case has been reported throughout history. Yeah. Um, back in the, you know, the, the 17, 1600s, the only cases that likely would have been reported to the medical community invo- would have involved famous people, you know, people right. of nobility. Mm-hmm. Peasants, the peons of the time simply would have, you know, never, never gotten reported. Yeah. Um, never would have made the medical literature. Um, that certainly has changed over, over the intervening centuries, but still this is, as we said earlier, an extremely rare phenomenon. And because it is so problematic and invokes so much xenophobia, it is still to this day amazingly difficult to, to discover these cases. Um, often when we get a lead on a case, we make the phone calls to local firefighters and so on. Um, some of them are quite reticent to discuss it. Some of them will not discuss it. Um, if they can offer us a prosaic conventional explanation, wonderful. We're not looking here to mystery monger. We're looking to find the facts of every individual yeah. Yeah. case. If there's no mystery, there's lots of other curious things to investigate. Um, but there are enough of these cases of spawn calm that, that um, stand up, we believe, to the most rigorous scrutiny if one is interested in finding the facts and being honest with the evidence that history presents. And then we need to go from there. But this is an extremely difficult subject to investigate to this day. Well, if people were to get involved with this, if, they, if people were to want to participate, uh, and maybe, because, I mean, this is, seems like a pretty easy, I mean, not easy, but there's a fire station in, in every city just about. Huh? Um, it seems like, you know, if you could go over there and if you, if people out there, like you guys out there listening to this right now, if this is a subject that really sparks your interest, which I hope it does. <laughs> sparks your interest. Oh, shut I get up. It. Come on. Larry. <laughs> Tell, tell tell Doug to shut up, Larry. Because that, that oh. I started the hour off with one of the worst ones ever. So there you if go. If this subject piques your interest, okay, <laughs> this is a, a, you know this is it's kind of like an easy. I mean, not, I shouldn't say easy, but you could go to your local fire station and, and see if these people would you know and tell them like like you just said, Larry. I'm not mystery mongering here. I really want to get some facts here. Have you experienced or seen any cases of what you think might be spontaneous human combustion? Because it, it, I mean, it's as mysterious as anything else we've talking about on this show i think is and, and it's it's ominous too i mean like i said what got me into this was just seeing these photos and, i know because these, the these are photos seen. taken by the investigators at the scene yeah these are crime and i i have to say that i i i cannot 
agree with the, that doctor from uh, from Ohio saying, oh, well, these are obviously faked because they're obviously done by a source that was doing their job. Well, I mean, they... <laughs> yeah. Well, Larry, according to what you have, I mean, did that doctor ever rebuke with, uh, say anything besides... You know, this isn't true. That's why it's fake. I mean, that's pretty much the answer he gave you. Is that I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we talked fake. to we talked to Doctor Addison about that and said, you know, you, you've written about the subject, you you've denied it, you invoked the Wick theory. You know, have you ever personally investigated a case yourself? His answer was, no, I haven't. I, and basically, his mind was made up, and it was that spontaneous human combustion is a myth, a fairy tale, a fable, and that's all he needed to know about it. We've spoken to scores of firefighters, hundreds of firefighters who share the same viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in particular, when we when we handed put on his desk the photographs of Mary Reeser, Helen Conway, Dr. Bentley, and said, look, if you were called to a fire scene and, and this is what you found at the fire scene with these photo, photographs to pick, yeah. you tell us. How would you explain it? You know, you're the expert. You help us as a layman understand this. And his response was, I'd go out, I'd get drunk, and I'd forget about it. <laughs> so wow. That doesn't science, but it shows where his mindset was. You know, if, if somebody has an idea about this, might know of a case, that would be of interest to our it's, research. Yeah. Please contact us. Go to yeah. the website. Our email is there for this for this subject. Um, shoot us an email, mm-hmm. and we'll do our best back and see where, where the information would lead. It seems that a firefighter would be interested to find out what may be happening with this so they could prevent it from happening. It seems or like maybe they're, they're scared of it. I said right at the beginning. I said this is scary stuff. And, well, it and is I, scary stuff. And, and I, I so is roaming. That, in, so is running into a building that's on fire. But that's what they do for a living. <laughs> that's a great point. We yeah. we pondered that ourselves. We've actually asked some, fire, some firefighters who were at these amazing fire scenes. You know, why didn't you pursue it more? You know, where's your curiosity? I'm scared. <laughs> I usually it is. Well, you know, we're so busy. You know, we fight a fire, we put it out, we file, file the report, and then there's another fire to put out. We just kind of well, well, we never get around. More to rubber it, stamping. You know? I yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're familiar with we, that recently. We, yeah, we live in a we live in a world of of work cues and rubber stamping. Unfortunately, yes. Put it in this bin. Yeah, and, and just then deal someone with it will whenever, take it out hopefully. and process it later. Yeah. Larry. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, what like an I, hour! I yeah, like I knew it was going to happen. So much. Yeah. And this is again this. It's such a fascinating subject, and it's nothing. We didn't. I'm sure we didn't. We, we didn't cover went, half of what we, we could have talked for a week straight, probably, and not not covered you know, that much of it. Probably. Your website is www.parascience.com. That's p-a-r-a-s-c-i-e-n-c-e.com. That'll be permanently linked up uh, over at ghostlytalk.com. Um, Larry, I have to thank you so much yeah. for coming on and sharing all this and, and telling us. And and you know the there's there's the books. What a blaze and a blaze two. Is is there a third book? Um, actually, at this point, there's just one ablaze. Oh, there is yeah. a Japanese translation, but um, most okay. of your listeners probably won't be interested in that. Yeah, go to the website. We'll make you guys a special offer. Anybody contacts us in the mm-hmm. next fortnight through the end of February. Um, mm-hmm. To the to U.S. listeners, we will ship the book to you postpaid for $20. That's a 25, 20% discount off the list price. Cool. Sometimes Amazon is selling it for as much as $80. It will be a first edition. Twenty bucks to the end of February to any of your listeners who contact us through the website. And 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 all you listeners, my birthday is coming up next month. So <laughs> my birthday is going want, on right now. Actually, yeah, your so birthday you is just, today. Yeah, yeah. yeah why so. don't you just send one over? As, <laughs> why before the show ends here in a minute? I think you should be clicking that PayPal button. Like, yeah, right and go to parascience.com. Wow. I like mean, whoring yourselves out, guys. Yes, I, <laughs> body. You know, I'm well. Uh, you know, nobody I, seems to do that nowadays. So we got we got to cover that hole. You know, wow! So there you go, Larry. Have, hang on the line for one. Yeah, hang on the line for one second, okay, Larry. We just want to close the show out real quick, Larry. 
Um, again, the website, parascience.com, a special offer, 20 bucks, yeah, uh, postpaid yeah. and everything, um, at parascience.com. The book is called A Blaze. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to thank Larry Arnold for that. We have to, uh, thank Philip Spencer. Of Philip yeah, fascinating Spencer discussion with Philip. Absolutely fantastic. And then, uh, sticking in that southern kind of, yeah. uh, 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 realm, we talked with Zach Adams about bellwitchlegendmovie.com. Yep. Yeah, the bellwitch legend. Phenomenal movie. stuff. I we started think. out a little rough tonight, but I think we got through it. Uh, yeah, so. Hopefully, nobody hates it. Yes. Well, next, maybe we hope they do. Whatever. Next week, uh, Bonnie and myself will be remote yeah. from uh, 77 Sunny degrees Florida. in Florida. But I will, on the other hand, be here freezing my tail off probably still, working myself half to death in the Haunted Winery studio. These guys will be remoting, like you said. Yes. Um, I think we might have a couple of guest hosts also, special guest hosts that will be joining us. I'll figure that well, out. Well, we will too. have a Mai Tai for you. Um, at the Tiki Bar. <laughs> at the Tiki Bar. Very nice. You guys, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been Ghostly Talk, and I'm Doug. I'm Scott L. And I'm Bonnie. See you guys next week.